you guys are off to a great start, don't you think? I mean, Cindy showed up, so right away, Scott, you got to be pretty psyched, right? Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! But it all was bullshit! And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think what it says in the tin, it's best film ever, my name's Ian. My name's Liam. And I'm Georgia. Listen to you with the my name's Liam. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> Episode 162, let's mix it up. <laughs> you know me, I never know what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, there we are. So, uh... <laughs> Welcome to an episode where just <laughs> one small word of change in the intro and we're, and, and we're wrecked. Uh, it is best film ever, and we're here today to do episode 162, wow. The Wedding Singer. There's 162 yeah. games in a baseball season. What is that? Oh. Like, how meaningless is each individual game in the grand scheme of yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. to play 162 with them. 162. Like, American football, 17. Wow. That, that has stakes, then. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Premier League, 38. So, and I don't mean like including playoffs. I mean just 162 regular season games. That's and how long are the games? Are oh, they like a three to four hour deal? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. God, that's the thing. So people are trying to figure out why baseball's dying in the that's states. Why? And uh, yeah, it's interesting because the part of the reason is <laughs> too many games. Too many games. Yeah, too many games. I think now they'll never. The owners will never change the length of the season because that's 81 home dates, which means 81 home gates. Oh, okay. Which yeah. means, you know, money, revenue, money. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Money, money, money. Yeah, I don't know how you change it. The whole economics of the game would have to be scaled back. What about um, uh, cutting the time down on the... Well, they're trying that. They're, they're introducing a pitch clock this year. Okay. So you have like 15 seconds to deliver your pitch. I, I don't know if it's really 15 seconds. So everyone who's the yellow button police, don't hit me on that one. I don't, I don't know for sure what it is. But uh, yeah, so they're, they're trying it this year. It's a new... Uh, Initiative. They're also making the bases bigger. I, I don't know. <laughs> do they safety. also do like the hoopla with like American football, where you know they have more come out singly and things happen in between, and the halftime show? And well, every you get three outs, and then you're out of the inning, right? So right. one, you know, three strikes, and you're out, and three men out, and you're and you're done. Yeah. Uh, every time that happens, they'll go to commercial break. Well, but you know, players got to run off the field. Every team's got to take the field, so it's a natural place to kind of do that thing. But it's just, yeah, I mean, we have a thing where you take a pitch and there was no rule saying how long it has to be before your next pitch happens. So as a result, it could go a long time. And, you know, if you have a game where people are scoring a lot of runs, I mean, it can be, it can be a good, it can be a fun time. Yeah. But there's also, I mean, baseball, there's nothing worse than a bad baseball game. Mm. Is the, if it's, you get a bad game, it is the most boring sport to watch. Well, hang on. Rugby, <laughs> then baseball. Because the funny thing is, whenever I watch a film about baseball, I kind of get involved and go, wow. Well, it's because you've got the benefit of... Yeah. A, they, they, it's, it's all action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but actually, when I've tried to actually watch on TV, I have no idea what's it's going on. It's funny you say that. I'm going to a baseball game in London because they're bringing the, the major league teams over here next cool. in, in the summer. And so uh, I've got tickets with my buddy Matt. We're going to go see a game in... Uh, it's just called London Stadium. I have no idea what what that is. <laughs> London Stadium. Hmm. 
Might be the Olympic Park, maybe. It could be Olympic Park. Yeah, uh, yeah it probably is Olympic Park, actually, because usually it's got to be about between like thirty-five to 50,000 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be, yeah, it'll be. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, cool. And it's not one of my teams playing. I think it's like St. Louis and Chicago. But I, I imagine it'll be like the NFL games. You just wear your jersey no matter what teams are playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll be there with my Blue Jays on. Oh, cool. See if, if any Canadians it, are I'll see if way. I can find you. I'm sure it'll be there somewhere. Yeah. It'll be on the, it'll be on the dish somewhere because it's an event, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So they'll be bound to do it. Do they do that um, thing they do in like um, basketball where they zoom in on people in the audience? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you want crowd shots? Sure. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it mixes it up. So. You never know. Yeah. I'll make cool that I'll, make, I'll, I'll make a big old sign or something like yeah. that. See if I can get shown. <laughs> BFE and BFE and there we go. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so let's talk about what we had coming down the pipeline last week. Of course, we did serendipity. So if you haven't checked that out, go check oh, out our Valentine's Day episode on episode. serendipity. Um, this Friday past, we released Friends of the Podcast, our Friends retrospective series, the one with the monkey. monkey. Marseille? Marcel. Marcel. Yep. One of them. I knew it was one of them. Uh, it's been a while. This Friday upcoming. I'll tell you what, it's been a while. I haven't, we haven't released a Cinematic Council podcast, which is a roundtable where I get together with some other film podcasts. It's a small council this time. We had a couple of people who had family emergencies of the last minute, but you will hear me with Kev, the happiest man in podcasting Always. from the podcast that wouldn't die, mm-hmm. and Stu from Stirwilder Productions. So not only members of our community, but also members of our Fantasy Football League. Oh, fantastic. So we actually got involved in a little fantasy draft of our own as well. This past thing, yeah, we we draft, uh, we looked at the roster, 2023 films, and we went, which ones are going to make money? Ah. And so we've drafted a roster of six films each. Ooh. Using like proper draft rules and all that stuff. So I'm very excited about my roster. Hmm. I'll share mine. I'll share mine. Cool. Yeah. So here we go. So you should still listen to it because we do talk in detail about it. But my roster is, so my first pick was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was top. I had the number one pick, and so yeah. I chose God. It was totally fair. We did whose birthday's next. And it just <laughs> happened to be mine. And my birthday's not for like five months, folks. So don't go out there being like, you rigged this. No. Uh-huh. So Guardians 3. Yep. I can S- see that. Spider Verse 2. Yep. Oh, okay. The, the, the animated one, yeah. Yeah. I did re- the first one did really well. Fast X. Oh, yeah. Is that what they're calling it? Is it number 10? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I my think, gosh. I think it's going to make all the money. I think it is. I think it's, it's an event film. Everybody's it? coming back for it. It's got, it's got it's, Helen Mirren in it as well. It's, it's their Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what they're calling it. Dwayne Johnson, all of them. Uh, Barbie. Yeah, oh, I'm excited I, about I'm that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's the thing. I think people, I think people are going to see this in huge amounts. I, I really, really want to see that. It's yeah. going to be good. My fifth round. I got all the way to the fifth round. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wow. Was still up for grabs. And I was like, I'll take that. Take it, Quantumania yeah. or something it's yeah. called, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Quantumania. My sixth, I think I dropped the ball on this, but it was the last pick of the draft. <laughs> Wonka. Um, I they're, doing a, might, they're doing a Willy Wonka prequel. Oh, I didn't think, know that. I Tim, think that might be a... Timothy Chalamet, yeah. I think it might be a surprise hit. There are some big ones that you can Sh- argue... Chalamet or Chalamet? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Chalamet. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I think Sh- so. I don't really. Your generation's going to be much more likely to know who, what his name is than me. That's sure. just what I've heard. Timothy, whatever his name is. Yeah, <laughs> Timothy, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's why. But check out who, who, who the other two groups chose, and we're going to kind of keep that running throughout the year, and hopefully we'll make it an annual gig. So you, no one can pick Avatar, because Avatar released in 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it'll carry over until... February 2023 as far as money goes for 2024 as far as money goes so if something gets released like December 25th you got to give it at least a month's worth of money before you yeah that makes you sense. go 
Yeah, you can't just give it like, oh, six days, you're done. <laughs> Do you know, I saw something recently. Um, stuff that is going into public domain now, so that's out of copyright. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh is a horror now, Winnie the Pooh coming horror up. Movie. I'm so excited about that. I might actually have to go and watch that. And a starred another thing, like a, a horror of Peter Pan and stuff. Yeah, and Peter all these Pan. other different yep. things. Uh, copyright law will always change when... Mickey Mouse comes up. When Mickey Mouse comes up, they'll change the law because they've done it once already. They'll 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 they'll, they'll do it again. He's wasn't it, he's, fifty years. To he's start on. He's yeah. Mickey Mouse has got three years left. Now, when when, when the, to be fair though, when they first published, um, when they first published copyright law, the idea that you would have, you know, TV and yeah. the internet and things like this. I mean, it was just print books. So what else are you can do with a Five print years, book? Sorry. But wasn't it also um, their lifetime? Wasn't it? It, it was, was so like many the, the lifetime so many years could, after the death of after. the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but no one was considering like that you'd have mega conglomerates. No, and the IP would be still useful. That yeah. like it was just wasn't consideration. So one hand you can go, oh, it's Disney getting yeah, but on the other hand, no one saw this coming. No, nobody saw entertainment doing what it's done. Is it a hundred years from the end of? Or from the last time? When is it from? I'm not a expert in U.S. copyright law. I, I just genuinely no. just don't know. But if it's a hundred years from their first appearance, then that's in. Five no, no, years. Liam's right. It's got something to do with so many years after the death of the creator. Ah, okay. Yeah, or like X number of years. X number of years. Whatever yeah. happens that they second or whatever. Yeah, yeah. their, their yeah, lifetime. Yeah. Which, whichever is the greater number. So if Liam invents Mickey Mouse, then dies tomorrow, we don't get to go. All right, Mickey Mouse, for us. <laughs> 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 or else you just be killing people so you can get the IP. <laughs> It's just odd, though, isn't it? And I can't wait. I'm not a horror fan, but I'd like to see Winnie the Pooh. No, it's really interesting. I mean, it's kind of the darkest version of the whole Muppets thing we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what if you take these loving characters and you can go all sorts of interesting places with it? Yeah. It's interesting because you have to be quite careful with it because the book version of Winnie the Pooh is in public domain, but obviously the Disney version isn't. So you have to, they're having to like, well, no, you, yeah, their way you can it. use the character Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can't, can't use... use the drawing Winnie yeah, the Pooh. Yeah, 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 yeah that, that's still, yeah, that's absolutely still in copyright. Yeah, yeah so, so it's like saying Peter Pan's in the public domain, but I can't just go ahead and. You can't use the likeness in. No, I yeah, can't yeah. use Disney's character <laughs> design. No. No. So there we go. Uh, I'll tell you whose character design I like, though. Go on. That's our Patreon back. Hey! <laughs> I'm talking about Julie. Hello. Hermes. Yeah. James de Guzman. All right. Lena Oberholzer. Come on. Anthony Ian Davies. I got you. Chris Peterson. Ooh. Uh, Randall Silva. Yeah. What's your handle, buddy? Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. The Yeatmeister. Reverend Bruce. Yeah. Nate the Great. Oh, yeah. Andy Dixon. Okay. Holly Callen. Yeah. It's not easy being cheesy with with a fish fish on on a bike. bike. (laughs) Richard and the cool cat himself. Ryan Kukets. That's right, Ryan Kukets. There we are. A couple of little announcements to make. Number one, our next Real Roundtable. Uh, George, you weren't here last week when we talked about this. No. Top movie themes of all time. Oh. Top movie themes of all time. And we're doing, for us, top 20. I don't know if I've seen 20 films. Oh, you've seen 20 films. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Because I was even thinking about Star Wars. Like, you, you can, you can, Ethan, I hope you're listening to this. You can, like, double dip with Star Wars because there's, it's themes. It's not movie scores. Um, so you could do the bah, 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 like the main title theme. Yeah, you could yeah. do the Imperial March. You could do Duel of the Fates. Oh, you could okay. do Luke's theme when he's looking out at the two suns. The Cantina song. Is that a theme? It's, yeah. di- it's diegetic. Oh. It's diegetic. I like it's it though. That's so thing. in there in the, the zeitgeist, isn't it? Whatever you call it. What, 
Well, sure, we can use that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to, but I think you'll find there's better things than that. That's one of my favorite. Oh yeah, but music. Just, uh, like, like, like Jurassic Park's got two that I got to think about. Uh, the, the the main one, you know. But there's that one. And there's the one where they first come to the island. It's bum ba da bum ba da bum 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 bum. Like it's great. It is, yeah. So like you know, you know, back to Star Wars. Luke's you know bum bum ba bum 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 bum. So there's the same in Harry Potter. There's loads. Yeah. So yeah, there's like Hedwig's theme. There's all sorts of things. So for anybody who's out there in our Patreon group, twenty, twenty, have at it. Ooh. Have at it. Get a hold of us. Uh, That's going to be hard, though, isn't it? What, 20? No, hard, yeah, to... To, to pick, narrow it down yeah, to 20? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitter, top 10. Hey, usually it's a BFE top 5, so it BFE is, top is. 10, I'm being nice here. Yeah, so it's, it, it is increasing our workload on the other side of it with all the... Uh, <laughs> but hopefully it means less ties. Yeah. So we're going to do that sometime in March, Get, but don't wait. Get your stuff in soon if you want to be included. Don't be sitting there going, oh, I wish I'd done it. Do Why it now. Do it now. Hit pause. Or while you're listening, just get your sheet of paper out. Just start, not, not, not you two. I'm talking to people with the microphone. Oh, I was, I was, getting, <laughs> I was getting ready. <laughs> Go ahead. What's that one? Get off your phone. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, the mailbag's open. Ooh. So uh, go I ahead. Get mailbag. Ask a question, uh, hashtag AskBFE to make sure that Ethan can at least, we can accuse him of being able to, you should have seen that. It did use the hashtag. When he goes, that's all the questions, and I just hit the hashtag AskBFE and find five questions he doesn't ask. That's my favorite part of every episode. I can't talk. Uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah, but he, he claims he knows how to do this stuff. Oh, okay. I don't. No, no, you very much don't. Uh, interesting charts uh, this week. Number 67 in Canada. I'll take that. Canada. Canada. And number 11 in Nigeria. Oh, cool. That's yeah. Cool. So some cool, cool. Looking, we, we, we charted in the States as well and all sorts of other places, but these, those are the two we can grab by this week. Oh, nice. Uh, let's do some reflections. And corrections. Very nice. Uh, let's talk about, <laughs> that was quite serendipitous. <laughs> um, my first one here, this one's on me. There's a mistake. Think of I was so enthusiastic about how Lars's agent was a young Greg Kinnear. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not Greg Kinnear. <laughs> the problem was I typed into my, so I typed into Google, Greg Kinnear, and I went S for serendipity. I went, serendipity. And I went, okay, it is him. For uh, sure. Because okay. Google auto-corrected it to the right movie. No, it just means I'm not the only person to make this mistake. A lot of people have made this error. But, yeah, yeah I am chief amongst them. So that's one for Hermes, Ethan, if you're listening, in the uh, in the old yellow well done, yellow button moment contest here. <laughs> How has he very politely put it to me? Uh, oh, yes, it was uh, definitely a mistake, Ian. Greg Kinnear is nowhere in this film. <laughs> Most definitely not Lars' agent. Hashtag push the button. <laughs> I love him. Um, so, oh, I didn't mention this when I was going through this stuff. So Hermes and I, uh, we released a see it or skip it um, on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Wow. So literally I went and saw it and then got on the Twitter and went, who's free? And Hermes was like, I'm free. I'm like, cool. Is anybody else brave enough? Silence. So, <laughs> so no, but Hermes and I got good and we talked about uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp for a good hour and a half or something like that. It was good. So if you, wanna, if you want a spoiler-free version, that's around 40 minutes. And then after that, we kind of go into big. We go we go quantum level deep into the MCU. Wow. There we are. So uh, go ahead and check that that's out. That's always nice when he throws his hat in the ring in it. Tell you what, I was telling him, I said, it's not Mike, I said it off mic to him. I said, it's so easy to talk to you. Yeah, so easy. He seemed not surprised so by that. I said, no, no, you should you really, it's such a natural fit. Mm. It's just, well, you turn it on and it's just like he's around the table. Yep. Which is weird because you can't even see his face. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's why I don't bother looking. Pa- apparently, he wears glasses. Didn't know that. Oh, there we are. <laughs> the mystery, the enigma. Oh, I know, I'm pretty right? sure he's right-handed. That's all I could tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've also got Sci-Fi Remnant. Thomas Serendipity said, it's one of those movies I rewatch a couple times a year and at least once during Christmas time. Yeah. Dwayne Smith had a question. He says, I had a question. According to IMDb, the the um, character's name is spelled H-A-I-L-E-Y, which we would assume would be pronounced as Haley. But in the movie, in the film, they pronounce it as Halley. Yeah, they do. Is this another example of American pronunciations? I'm going to say, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, we, we, we do a Haley's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have quite a few Haley's. I'm trying to think of say, oh, Haley Williams from, from, from uh, I think it's Paramore. I think she's the lead singer. Yeah. There's, there, there's a key example there. So there is Haley's. I think what it is, is IMDb will put it on as written, even if it's a mistake. So it's probably more, I didn't, I wasn't going to rent the film again to go check, look and see what the credits uh, say. Sense, yeah. But I imagine if it's an IMDb, Dwayne, it means that they've made a mistake in putting it down on the screen and we're just sort of living with that. There's a mistake. I think I made. That is a mistake that IMBD made. That's what IMDb made. I don't know if we're awarding that in the tally. I'll let Ethan make a judgment call on that. Uh, what do we got here? Um, sci-fi. Oh, we said already. Um, off script. So Carlo listened to the off script and yep. said, I'm towards the end of this and I want to hug Liam oh. with a heart. And I think that's in reference to Archie's theme. Oh, no, no, Arthur's theme. Arthur's theme. Sorry, yeah. that's right. I heard that in the car on the way down I, here. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was weird. It must be one of those things because uh, I think it was Russell said last week that he got done listening to the off script and then he heard Arthur's theme like yeah. moments later. It was because I didn't realize this. It was written by Burt Bacharach. Yeah, and Burt Bacharach just died, he didn't just he? just died, yeah. yeah. And um, Elaine Page was doing an interview with him years back yeah. and she was just redoing the interview and talking about certain songs. George, do you know who Burt Bacharach is? Nope. In Austin Powers, he's the guy who serenades them on the top of the bus. Ladies and what gentlemen, the Mr. World Burt Bacharach needs now is love sweet love i'm yeah. not gonna lie i've mostly like blocked out austin powers so no i didn't remember much that was last year it was good yeah <laughs> i seem to recall say we were gonna do one a year <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna leave out there <laughs> um we floated the idea out publicly last week of a bfe meetup Aye. In the Greater Kings Lynn area. Did anybody get back to you? Uh, Russell says he's up for it, but he said, depends what kind of movie we'd be watching. Uh, heck, my, my Not game a horror plan, movie. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to watch a movie. Yep. And I want to record an episode. That'd be cool. That's what I want, to watch the film, and then we record with the audience there. Do we get a meal beforehand? Based on, <laughs> well, we could go meet up at one of, a, at one of you know, well, the, the obvious, really cheap dining option. We very rarely do stuff without eating. Yeah, oh, very true. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. We'd set it up. We'd go get some food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd go there. So that would be what I would want to do. Now, this is all in the sort of pipe dream thing, but that's what I'm pitching, folks. If you're UK-based, is that something you're interested in? I know it's a bit of a travel. Yeah. Do it on Saturday. Do it on Saturday. Do it summertime. Come and see us. And travel if you're London-based, it's only about an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Not that bad on Come the train. and get a sticker in person. If not, do that. Then go spend, yeah. go spend your Sunday in London. How, how, make, make, make a weekend of it. Yeah. Not in King's Lynn. I don't think there's enough stuff for a weekend in King's Lynn. But well, people do come to King's Lynn because it's a very, very historic town. Yeah, very historic town. In the summertime, yeah, spend so. the day here. Go, go to the beach. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, spend, 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 spend your evening up in Hunstanton. We'll get Sounds good. Heck, in between. Heck, when we're done, I'll go to Hunstanton. <laughs> yeah, I will. We'll, we'll come go, with you. We'll go get some, we'll get some fish and chips and stuff and ice cream on the beach. We'll take pictures. That'd be good. I'll bring Pip. That'd be, yeah, there we go. So l- listen to this. If you're UK-based, how is that not an appealing exactly. thought? So get get a hold of us. Uh, those of you who are American based, we love you. That's a lot of money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> but you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Um, where are we at here? Oh, there was that. Uh, general shout outs. Mouse after midnight. Thank you very much for the love. Same for sci-fi remnant. Really, just giving all our stuff some love this week. Thank you for that. Oh. Chuck and Ruff go to the movies. Love Chuck and Ruff. Mm-hmm. Love, love, love him. Uh, still need to get him on. He was supposed to join us for Ocean's Eleven, and then he got called yes, in during COVID season. Right, yeah. Still need to arrange. I need to get in contact with you, Chuck. DM me. We, 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 we got to figure something out. Maybe the original Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, hey, you never know, right? Well, although, although the schedule's pretty full right now. Yeah, so yeah. it's more like, here's the movies I got. What do you want to come on for? Yeah. Uh, Josh, your next favorite movie? As always, we love Josh. Uh, we yeah, love dude. Josh. Hey, it's about, usually it's August, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Random. we are at the uh, we are at the best month ever equinox. <laughs> We're exactly halfway between. You want to say boogaloo, didn't you? No, no we, 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 we already did boogaloo. I know, but that was going in your head. It'll, it'll have to be re- return of the best month ever, because it's the third in the franchise, oh, right? Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> so return of the best month ever, or whatever Revenge. three. So I don't want to say the last crusade, because I want to come back. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, whatever threes are there. All right, Indiana Jones came back as well. Oh, it did, yeah. tell you what it could be. Go on. Ready for this? Go I got on. it. Best month ever for three, Tokyo Drift. <gasps> that's brilliant. That's, that's, that's brilliant. That's so stupid. But that's so stupid. That's good. Quantum mania. <laughs> Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Sure. Oh, um, what do I have here? I've got uh, Josh. Oh, he said it already. Oh, we love Josh. I'll say it again. Josh, your favorite movie. Go Yay. check him out. His episodes are literally thirty minutes. Oh, not even that. Twenty minutes long. He's very much our our counterpoint out yeah. there in the universe. Yeah. Uh, Carlo from the movie loot who are doing short film. Ooh. I was thinking George, it's been awesome. You did a fun side film. It has been a while. Yeah. So at some point we'll have to, we'll have to remember to do that. Yeah. I was watching one just the other day, one that I was familiar with and I was like, I want to watch that again. And I did. And I was like, I want to talk about this. This is really well made. This is really well made well, from I'll a narrative standpoint. Then at some point. There we go. And then gift of the week was glove glove. Like a glove. Like a glove. Some fierce competition this week. We had Ryan Kuketz, the cool cat, who did something from the O.J. Simpson, uh, the People vs. O.J. Simpson series that was oh, on Netflix. Yes, 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 what yes. was the word? We just said it was glove. Glove. Oh, you even said like we all said glove? glove together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's going on the real. <laughs> Can you tell it's been a long week? Yep. Um, who said from the OJ Simpson thing? If the, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Ah, yep, that's cool. Uh, Chris Peterson disappeared from Dumb and Dumber. I'm sorry, dude. You're never gonna win with Dumb and Dumber. I hate that movie. Uh, literally, that's a movie I've tried to watch. I kid you not, like four times. And I have to turn it off each time. I cannot make myself finish it. It is a hard watch. And I'm, this isn't some sort of big thing where I'm like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I still can't get through it. Grr, tee hee hee, out of gimmick. Far from it. Like, I really have tried to give it an honest go four times and gone, mm. no, I'm not wasting any more of my day with this. I have sat through the whole thing, but I see what you mean. It is a hard watch. Yeah, I watched Dumb and Dumberer, which was like the prequel, and it was like not the same actors. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what weird. it was. I got through that. Mm. I don't know. 
Uh, Hermes, who thinks he's got it for sure this week. With no glove, no love. Now, I appreciate that because <laughs> that's what I said on the closing thing. He did. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I, there's the part of it which is going, I'm going to play to Ian's ego. I get it, but I already know how smart I am, Hermes. I don't need you to tell me this. <laughs> oh, no, but he does. I he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I was, uh, Ian Davies, Judge Doom Ooh. from Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had the gloves yeah, on because yeah. he, yep. what was it called? He, dubbed, he put oh, everything in yeah. the liquid. What was it called? Like Acme yeah, what was acid it or something, wasn't it? It, was, oh. it wasn't ick, but it was no. something like that. It was yeah, like yeah, monosyllabic. Yeah. My favorite word in the English language, monosyllabic. Monosyllabic. Because it's a five-syllable word that means yeah. it means one-syllable word. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> so it's my favorite word in the English language. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, what have we got here? We've got um, Scriptical, who gave me something that said, I glove you, I glove you too. I think it's a reference to something. I, I didn't quite get it. And Dwayne Smith did something with some sort of stretchy. Yeah, sorry, thank you. Something <laughs> with some sort of stretchy gloves. And Hermes came in with, because he's still trying to fight the whole rules of the game. Of course, of course, week. of course. Because <laughs> your honor, I object. For those of you who weren't here last week, he was uh, trying to argue that if two people have the same gift, they shouldn't be disqualified, or at least the first person shouldn't be. He goes, I object. We have a limited amount of gifts to choose from. Therefore, creative originality should not be so influential. Ooh. I guess the whole basis of the game, though. <laughs> be more tactical. Yeah, he he did say that he admits that the, um, the Judge Doom one is a killer submission. And I said, look, man, some guys just want to watch the world burn, right? You know what I'm saying? You do. And he said... <laughs> be a shame if someone picked I think this is the Judge Doom one yeah he did it'd be a shame if another account just happened to use this on purpose to disqualify <laughs> it and I said my response to this was the gif from Robin Hood Men in Tights yep. where he smacks him with a steel glove across the face and accepts the duel <laughs> I challenge you to that duel and he went oh I see what you're doing and I went yeah I'm playing the long game what he didn't realize I don't think is what did he slap him with Ah, a glove. What was the word of the week? Glove. I'm giving myself the win this week. Because <laughs> A, no one noticed, oh, and B, it was the best yeah. one. <laughs> so I'm sorry. If you, this one might be rigged, but no, I'm, giving, I'm totally giving myself the win. I said, I'm playing the long game. This is my long game. Oh, that's funny. Deal with it. <laughs> Ye- yellow button that. <laughs> Your mistake was trying to take me on. Your arms are too short to box with God. All right. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words indeed. Put on my boxing gloves. You see what it there? It's gloves again. <laughs> I'm taking off them gloves. Taking off them gloves. That's where we at here. Um, Russell Osborne. Russell Osborne finishes our shout outs by going, another bloody rom-com next week. Yep, it is. <laughs> Sorry, deal with it. He loves his, um, his horror movies, though, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. There's pods out there that do it. Yeah, that's nice. He reached out to me about another pod that was in the Kings Lynn region, um, who I think you're familiar with. Oh, okay. Um, I, oh, I forget what the name of the pod was now. Give him a little love. Oh, um, th- yes. I, I know their YouTube thing is one thing, but they're called something else. Can you hand me my phone? It's just right over there. I can easily find it because he sent me a direct message on the uh on the old twitter machine 
on Twitter. Yeah, because they came in and saw me in my shop. Did at, they? At Retro Records and Toys for all your retro needs. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Just So Jables. Just So Jables. Mm. So, um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I'm hoping we can make contact at some point. Apparently, Saturday they got a thing going on up in Linz, so yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah, we're going to go check that out, and we're, we're just going to meet them all and yeah, see how it goes. Just just introduce ourselves and go. Hey, cool. That'd be good. Good yeah, that we got. I, good that we have more than one in the region. Happy about that because their uh, cinema uh, experience is called Retro Reels. Yeah, so I'm curious to go. It's, it's the Terminator this week, right? It is Terminator. So we're going to go check that out. We'll be back. And see, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back, and we'll sort of. Uh, I mean, we, if it's if it's if it's something poor, we're not going to come here and rip on them. But no. <laughs> no, but we're going to go check it out and, and just support and just support because we've always said there's room for more than one person at the table. Absolutely, that's the way it works. So, um, on that note, if you want to, if you want to show us some support and some love. Uh, a couple ways you can do that. First is you can head over to the Patreon, and for as little as three pounds a month, you can you can help keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always humbling when someone chooses to do that. If you're so inclined, patreon.com slash BFE. We tried to keep it simple for you. And on the other side is you can go on to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review. Uh, I hear it goes up to five, and that five is kind of a nice number. Five is the magic number. Absolutely. Can we talk about this for a couple of minutes? Go for it. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. So we talked about Super Bowl last week, and we yeah. were all like, we're going to chili. We, we made did. salsa, which we never actually we ate never, when you were no. here. When I, got, next, I woke up the next morning, I went, we didnn't have the salsa. We didn't rip the salsa out, because <laughs> we got tired quick. Very quick. So I we, didn't see the end. We pretty much, from the time we finished the pod, it took us that long to make chili. Yeah. Because it, it was, was nice, though, wasn't it? Chili was all right. I was eating it for like I was eating like I was eating it for breakfast and dinner like three days oh. a week. I almost I almost finished it off. I, was, oh, I loved it. I was trying to, but I couldn't get. I couldn't finish. Eventually, I wanted to eat something else. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> but uh, no, I really enjoyed it. It was good. Um, so that was all right. But the Super Bowl itself, uh, it was it was uh, well Rihanna and the halftime show. Yeah, uh, it was all right. I couldn't work out. Yeah, it was all right. It wasn't spectacular, but it was no. all right. Um, those swinging things that she yeah. was on. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Woo. I think that the coat she's on is like chained to the thing. So it she felt couldn't like there was fall. only chained to one side, though. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, that seemed weird. Uh, she's pregnant. So that's why oh. she wasn't doing a lot of moving around and I stuff like that. that we were both bit. really tired. So it was hard. I was like, she's just carrying baby weight or is she pregnant again? Yeah. I, I thought it was the former, but yeah, I was wrong. Uh, but explain why she wasn't doing much. Uh, as far as like the typical like, cause the thing, I was like, why is she not doing costume changes? That was the part I went. That, that there wasn't that's weird. Any, was there? There's just that coat. No, it was just the coat that she put yeah. on. But yeah, as far yeah. as that, everything else stayed the same. And so there was that, and it's uh, it, it's it's all right. It's better than some recent ones. I liked it better than like, like the J Lo Shakira one. I wasn't that big of a fan of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Katy Perry's more, for instance, in recent yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, anything's better than than the weekend walking through a bunch of TV screens by oh himself. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, but um, them Super Bowl itself. And it was like two minutes left in the game. You'd gone home, Liam, because you were... Well, I got to... Yeah, we were both falling asleep, and you still had to worry about getting home. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. there yeah. was that. But um, so I was watching it. I had the sort of laptop propped up on my sort of uh, night table. And you were supporting the Philadelphia Eagles? I was rooting for them. Cause I, I, so I started rooting for the, the yeah, Kansas City you, Chiefs. Yeah, because you, you said the Chiefs. <laughs> And yeah, the Chiefs march down the field, and it's two minutes left. It looks like they're going to get a, a, a they're going to force them to kick a field goal, and then there's the smallest of holding penalties there ever was, and they and they and they and they called it, and it basically meant Philly was going to get the ball back if you're with eight seconds left. So after they get it back with two minutes left, they got back with eight seconds left, uh, and you can't do it with eight seconds. No. So what it did was it took, and it, one of the uh, commentators even took issue of it. And went, that's no, you you don't call that. And it's very rare you hear someone actually take a stance like that. 
Yeah. Usually they kind of just play it like, oh, well, it's tough to see and you can do this, that, and the other. And they have their like referee specials going, no, it's absolutely a holding call. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to debate it. Absolutely is a hold. Was there a hold? Technically, yes. Technically, you're, they're not wrong. There was a hold. Do you call it in that moment? I think that's the kind of hold you can see on any play all year long. Okay, so if that had been two, two and a half minutes left, that would have been okay. But because that was eight seconds? No, no, because it was two, two and a half minutes left. Oh, okay. But I gave him a first down, but let him run the clock down then to eight seconds left. Oh, okay. I think if it's the first quarter, yeah, maybe you call that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even. I mean, it wasn't egregious. I don't think he would have got to where the ball was thrown anyway. Okay. But, yeah, so uh, the sad part was it took what was a game that was back and forth. And you always have the sneaking suspicion that, that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes was going to bring the team back to catch up, which is definitely not what I wanted, but you could feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than have it be about the players, all we're doing now is talking about this this this, this referee's call. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a shame. And it's not because it's you're going, even when you see the video, you're like, yeah, technically, no. I get, yeah, technically, is there technically a hold? Yes, you could call that. You, you could call that. The only thing is when you're in the moment and you're there, Sorry to reflect and look back on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know? mean, when you throw it, because you throw a flag, you don't blow a whistle. You just you just throw a flag. And then don't several so people throw throw you, flags if you, they see the same you thing. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the throwing of the flag doesn't mean anything though. You can go over at the end of the play and pick it up and put it back in your pocket and say there is no penalty on this play. Oh, okay. You can talk people. So it's not like when you blow a whistle and the play just stops. Everybody yep. stops and looks at you. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, that, that's sort of that's sort of done. Yep, yep. Right? This is different because you can go over and pick it up and put it right back in your pocket. And okay, go, I made a mistake. Yeah, you can hit yellow button. <laughs> <laughs> About your yellow flag. <laughs> go That'd be funny. So that was it. I mean, whether you're a Chiefs fan or an Eagles fan, I mean, as a Patriots fan, we get a lot of shtick about people uh, saying the refs are always backing you. I've never seen anything that at that moment of a game where it was like, yeah, here it is. It's a shame. It's a shame because we're talking refereeing and not the players. Uh, strange year. Strange year in the National Football League. But we'll, I'll be back for fantasy football next year. So there we go. Yeah, if I draft better. <laughs> That's a big if. <laughs> Come over, you can do two practices next time rather than one. Maybe need a day, day course. Maybe we need that. <laughs> How to draft the football team for dummies. Um, and me. Yes. <laughs> dummies and me. Well, speaking of dummies, let's talk about this week's movie, shall we? Uh, the Wedding Singer. Uh, why are we doing this? 25th anniversary. That's incredible. 25 years. Yeah. Where has that gone? I don't know, because I was sure last week when I announced it, I thought it was 20. And I looked it up and I went, oh, it is 25. Wow. That's nuts. I remember when this came out. 98. Yeah. I remember bits of this from the trailer. Oh, okay. When they were going through it, I was like, that's from the trailer. I know I'll bring it up when it happens. I'm like, that was exactly, I haven't looked at the trailer since, but I bet you it is. I'll okay. watch it after I'm done and okay. go, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Oop, there it is. Whoops, there it is. Um, so uh, I managed to, I met up with Felix earlier this week and got him to do the pitch. So oh, you, you've, I, you've seen him this week. I have seen him this oh, week. Okay. Yeah. I offered him some chili. He's he very elusive. He didn't want it. Oh yeah. Strange fella. He said he's purposely not eating healthy food. Oh. He's going the other direction. I don't <laughs> think chili is massively healthy, is it? That's full of tomatoes and legumes and beans. What's wrong with it? Now, the way I eat it, where you put cheese <laughs> and, and corn chips on top. Yeah, that's maybe where I was going. <laughs> that part's not, but yeah, he was. He just wasn't. He's like, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing a thing where I'm not eating healthy food. I think I just, I, I just don't like chili because it's got beans in it, and beans make me sad. Um, I, I, I believe there, there's there's some who are in like the American South who will argue if it has beans, that's not a chili. 
Oh, okay. They'll argue if it's beans, it's now a stew or something like that. I could get on board with those people. So it's, so it's tomato yeah. and it's ground beef and it's things, but it's not So beans. it's like a bolognese. With something, I have no idea. I'll talk some yeah. more. Somebody, I think Texas especially, they're big on if it's beans, it's not chili. Mm. Oh. See, now I thought that was chili with beans. I would see that would be my, my, my mate. Yeah. Every chili I've ever had, like the red kidney beans, like the center kidney of beans yeah. in it, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. then how is it, else is it different from a, from a bolognese? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'll look it up. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yep. Um, so, but anyway, I was, I was talking to um, Felix while he was turning down my offer of food. <laughs> and I managed to get him to record something so, oh, I, could, so I can hit oh, this. You done well. Yeah, he he sort of his pitch as this. Um, Robbie, a singer, and Julia, a waitress, are both engaged, but to the wrong people. Fortune intervenes to help them discover each other. No, I don't want any more chili, Ian. <laughs> He is funny. I don't already. know why. I mean, I was just sitting there going, do you want some? <laughs> you must have been thrusting in his more, face. So had he like already had, had he taken some already? <clears throat> what? He said, he, I don't want any more chili. So had he been? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he did have some. <laughs> Maybe he had, had some. Oh, I d- didn't, didn't see him have any chili. Felix. But yeah, if he said that. Must have done. Must have. Yeah. He's got a good voice for radio, though. I hit the button again. Oh, I've, 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 I've deleted it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely said more. Did he? Okay. Yeah. I can't check it. <laughs> he did say more, yeah. Um, so if you think about what was said, though, I mean, you know, two people who were engaged to the wrong people. Didn't we review that movie last week? Yeah. <laughs> engaged to the wrong people, yeah. then Fortune Intervenes? Yeah. Sounds like the movie I did last week. It must be the same template. Must be. Uh, directed by Frank Cori- Coracci. Uh, who'd also directed what are these movies have in common? The Waterboy, Click, and Zookeeper. Oh, do you think um, there's a certain Adam Sandler? I, there's an Adam Sandler <laughs> sort of thing to it. Written by Tim Hurley, who did Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, Bedtime Stories, Grown Ups 2, and Pixels. Wow. Is there a certain Adam Sandler connection yeah. there? <laughs> I don't know why he wasn't good enough for Grown Ups 1. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he weren't grown up enough. Cinematography by Tim Sirstead, who did Teen Wolf, Ooh. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Wow. And he was the cinematographer for Little Miss Sunshine. Oh. Wow. It's that weird to think a, this movie shares the same cinematographer yes, as that movie. Especially That's, as there was definitely a moment in this film where the camera was completely out of focus. Was there? Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> I really rate the cinematography in Little Miss Sunshine. I think it's understated, but I think it's meaningful. Yeah. yeah. As someone who's had to watch it, like literally, at this point in my life, I've probably watched the movie 50 times. Wow. Because yeah. I teach it. So yeah, like yeah, three, yeah. four times a year, I got to watch it. Plus just times when I'm just watching it for, uh, it's a movie I, I would still put it on tomorrow and gladly watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen to our episode on Little Miss Sunshine. Just, just a little pluggy plug plug. One of our highest rages. Yeah. It, I believe it is still our number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the film that Ethan called Perfect. And, <laughs> and then gave it nine, nine and a half. half. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, music by Terry Castellucci, who did the music for Big Daddy, Deuce Bigelow, Little Nicky, 51st Dates, and Wild Hogs. Oh. oh do you know what? That's a little bit of um, uh, Achilles' heel, that Wild Hogs. I've never seen it. Oh. Is that Tim Allen and John Travolta? Yeah. That's got Travolta. So, you, you, yeah. You're, and you're, William H. Macy. You've yeah. got a weak spot to that. I do. And, and you'll you know never what? see it because it's got Tim Allen. <laughs> Something tells me it doesn't qualify for the pod. <laughs> but you know what? That is, that is a bit of a, a shit movie. But I like it. And no matter what anniversary it gets to, it doesn't make any sort of cultural impact. So might be okay. a wild, wild card there. Oh, jeez. Can you imagine? <laughs> wild card with wild oh, hogs. Be our April Fool's Day. Um, 
Adam Sandler, so context corner, Adam Sandler had an idea for a comedy about a wedding singer who gets left at the altar. Suggested it to Tim Hurley. He inspired by the radio show Lost in the 80s. Hurley, he decided to set the film in that decade. Hurley had not set out to do anything different and thought the script was similar to his previous collaborations with Sandler. Any changes came naturally, and he attributed the differences to his recently having gotten married, as well as the chemistry between Sandler and the leading lady. More on her later. Mm. Hurley was aware that Sandler's previous films had lacked a female perspective and emphasized the importance of this. Um, so this was important because in previous movies that he'd worked with Sandler on, people complained that Sandler's in every scene. No, not wrong. Which is, yeah, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. Like, does he have to be omnipresent? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as a result, there were more scenes with the, the lead actress involved, included in the final film. A script doctor was brought in to make the script more female balanced. Mm. I've never known this person did some screenwriting. Carrie Fisher. Wow. She's an author, though, isn't she? Is she? Yeah, or was an author, bless her. Um, I think she wrote oh, no, a handful of books and um, I'm going to go off the top of my head, but um, yeah. I think she wrote a handful of books and uh, yeah. And uh, she's very female present. That would make sense. In her books. But it's, it's one of the earliest examples you see now. They're not doing it for any sort of um, um, rep- representation issues. They're just doing it because they're like, yeah, we need it to sound, we need the female character to sound like a no. woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like two guys went into a room and wrote this, yeah. which obviously must be an issue with previous films they've done. Must have been. Um, also doing uncredited rewrites were Judd Apatow and Adam Sandler himself. Uh, director Frank Caracci was friends with Sandler because they went to college at NYU together. Let's just get this through. Adam Sandler went to university. Wow. Never would have thought that. No. He's, Har- a bloody, he's, he's a very good musician, though, isn't he? He's good. I, I really rate him as a stand-up. Yeah, and I rate him on Saturday Night Live, and I rate him when he's not believing things. Yeah, it's just because it just it becomes so formulaic. There's these tropes he falls into <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I tell does. you what's quite funny. I don't rate him as a singer. <laughs> it's not very good. I don't think he's supposed to be very good. No. But he's a wedding singer. Yeah, I think it's part of the. It's part of the charm of it. Like you, you saw what the other wedding singer of the town sounded like, right? He sounded better. You think so? His presence was worse, but he sounded better. Okay. Did you recognize him though? No. Oh. Uh, Karachi had gotten over his own uh, experience of romantic heartbreak a few years earlier and was able to look back on that and put that into the film as a humor sort of element. Uh, he cited John Hughes as an important influence. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to leave the other stuff for when we introduce ourselves to our leading lady. Uh, they, they shot this in only six weeks. Wow. You, you might go, I can tell you might, I don't know. Maybe not. Probably why the camera was out of focus. <laughs> I quite didn't have time to reshoot Takes another it. week to get the reshoot. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like these films that are shot quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of forces kinda you to. It gives it that little bit of a, an edge to it. Yeah. There's got to be an energy if you, only, if you yeah. don't have unlimited takes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we get New Line Cinema, which I do miss. I, I miss some of these old studios and their identification scenes, and this is one of them. They were big in the day, weren't they? I think of Austin Powers every time yeah. those three strips come together. And the credits and a cover of Billy Idol doing You Spin Me Right, right Round, Baby, baby right, right Round. Lots of wedding montages, and there's a lot of teal in the audience. And I'm like, oh, I recognize some of these names in the credits. And there's a heavy woman sneaking some of the wedding cake before it gets cut. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of these movies. It is the late 90s. There's And get ready because there's a whole lot more where this came from. Yep. Um, the microphone's the thing to the left of your... Yep. There it is. 
This is why I don't need a head mic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you say Billy Idol doing Spin Me Right? I said, oh, Billy Idol. Who's that? That's, um, no, it's, it's Sandler doing it. No, no, no. It's Sandler who's doing it, but who's did the song originally? The original oh. song is um, Pete Burns. Um, really? Uh, what's, what's that band? <laughs> um, oh, I'll come back to you. I'll okay. Google it. That's Pete Burns anyway. Dead or Alive. Is that the name of a band? Yeah. Okay. Um, so my bad. I always thought that was a Billy Idol song. No. Oh, watch no. out! Here they come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice day for a white wedding, though. Well, that's coming up. Um, so we meet Robbie, played by Adam Sandler. Have I mentioned I hate Adam Sandler yet? And within the region of what I was talking about, um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. George is not in Dead or Alive. Um, so uh, I guess we can. There's a mistake. Think before anybody you know tweets in and goes you made a mistake here well, that's why i thought yeah, I came in early before someone no absolutely <laughs> absolutely I, I don't mind when sandler was on the stage i didn't mind him as much i don't yeah. know if it's the separation between it or if it I, I don't know what it is but i really quite i was all right with him when he was there uh ridgefield banquet hall 1985 and david is going to say some words they're at a wedding and david's the best man played by steve buscemi <laughs> steve buscemi he was in everything back in the 90s yeah. Everything. It's From weird. Singer, it's Con Air, he's Desperado. To- he's totally grown into his looks. Yeah. Because back then he was like, oh. And as he gets older, it's more like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Those but looks aren't as shocking on an old person. He was very, he's very distinctive. Oh, absolutely. You know, you saw him in everything. Which is really funny because I suffered with face blindness between him and Sammy, the friend. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I wow. had to go back at the end and Hang go, on. were they the same person? Doesn't, no, Sammy, they have, doesn't Sammy have a mustache? A mustache. Quite potentially. It's like yeah. Pacino's in here all over yeah. again. <laughs> here, here, I just keep shaving it and growing it back. Really I was quickly. really confused because I was like, I knew that that was the brother because they mentioned it, brother being like, but then was like, for whatever reason, thought that Sammy was Robbie's brother. And then someone mentions him as his friend. And I went, hang on, they're not the same person. No. And got really confused. So the fashion is garish, as is David's backstory. And it's 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 the quintessential bad Best man wedding speech. Of course, yeah. yeah. He drops the groom in in it big time. Uh, he overshares about his parental issues. He was the good son. I was the bad son. Always up in rehab. And he shares a story about them. He said, I mean, I want to think they were prostitutes, but I never paid them. <laughs> and then he grabs the guitar and starts playing. I'm the these. best guitar player ever. <laughs> self-taught, Dad. And then he, as he's hitting, like, pulled off stage, uh, they say to him, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be divorced in a year. I reckon I was improved. Oh, I think a lot of the Bashemi stuff was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David interrupts, and he's hosting. Uh, he's very good. Sorry, but I said David then interrupts. Sorry, I mean, I mean, Robbie interrupts. Yeah. And he's really quite good at this. Before we do this, has anybody ever had to do a big speech in front of people? No. Mm, I don't think so. No? I bet you have. Not on, that's not on stage, no. Obviously. I used to be terrified of public speaking. Terrified, terrified, terrified. I wasn't very good at it. And then uh, somewhere along the way, I did. I, I don't know when it was. But, did you uh, go to Oz and get some courage? <laughs> <laughs> I just did it enough and I realized I didn't die. Or enough people were like, putty in out there, he's good at this. And I was like, I really don't think I am. I think the trick is just to relax and just yeah. speak how you would if you speak. Take a beat and go, here's what I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably being forced into enough situations where I had to do it. I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And then realizing, oh, all right. And then looking at other people and seeing what they do well and trying to emulate that. And once you're over the fear of it, that's half the battle. I remember I was 
uh, not the school I'm at currently, at a previous school. Uh, my, my, at that time, I had a department <laughs> who I did not care for. <laughs> was doing this. Um, they were, we were like role playing, like a classroom environment. Mm hmm. And we'd each be giving characters. Like, this was the worst move she could have done because <laughs> no one liked her. And so, basically, we just took hostage of this role play. <laughs> I can and imagine. It, like, went off, and it went off the rails. And I'm like, we are all in so much trouble tomorrow. Because it was very, it was very, like... It wasn't a happy place to work out at the time, and so you're like, "Yeah, we're all we're all we're all getting it tomorrow. This is Ooh, not going to go well." But before we went up, I was joking or something, and she leaned to me and goes, "If you don't, I'll make you do this." And I laughed. I went, "Yeah, go ahead." <laughs> I said, "I got no fear of this." Yeah, no worries. Uh, so much so that I remember, um, I I was ad living and like everybody, I made one joke and everybody laughed a little bit too hard, and I went, <laughs> "Oh, I'm in trouble." <laughs> But it was also a little bit of that, you that went, oh, I like this. That came from a real place, and people were like, I can't believe Ian just said that, but he's right. I'm like, yeah. Never got in trouble for it. I was stunned. And wow. she was, as we were walking back to some sort of general department time, we're supposed to have, she's like, I'm so, I'm so humiliated. I'm so this. And it's, hang on, it's good for you. It's good for you to see as a human being. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You don't have to have this un, un, attainable touchable yeah, feel some, about you yeah you don't have to be up on a pedestal to think yeah, people yeah, yeah. So that, that's the mistake if you think you have to be that yeah whereas i'm very much the opposite i'm just like hey i'm i'm, a, I'm as i'm as flawed as any of you you know what i oh, mean oh you so are yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you something though i love you dude you know that yeah um i'll tell you something that's though. always good when they start with that you know what's good something good's coming your way Yay! <laughs> compliment city bracing bracing for no, impact no, go no, ahead no no when we first started this podcast look how fearful i was to talk yeah, my, yeah. my first episode was yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and you did all the talking <laughs> yeah but i didn't know what i was doing that either no but no. you were fearless i was doing you stick a mic in front of me i was like oh and yeah. the only thing i was more afraid of was like dead air yeah like if you go back and listen to episode one it's it's back to the future go give it a it listen is. um yeah it's a, it, it's it's i mean you can see even i mean carlo went at, i mean Car, well, there was that at some point carlo went through and reviewed one from each of our birthdays oh okay so he did the first episode then our first birthday then our second birthday yep. and uh he was commenting on how the how the pod changed he had changed at a each lot. at each interval and that first one yeah, I mean, you can see the breadcrumbs of some elements, but, you know, it was just us trying to go, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think I had a proper format sheet. It was just no, like no, no. <laughs> what the movie was. And I was like, yeah. right, that's, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, and I was terrified. Leaning into the mic. What? That's foreign to yeah. me. I just didn't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know, how, how do you find it when, when you when you started up? I mean, we had an argument because you couldn't hear me and I couldn't hear you. Okay, I was, I was, okay, so that first one. But I spent the actual process of actually going, okay, I'm going to speak into a microphone, whether or not anybody can hear me or not. It's a different story. But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to speak into uh, – very quickly, I, I went from – I went, okay, we need more of a two-channel mixer. I'm going to go to yeah. a four-channel mixer so we can all hear each other. Yeah, but yeah. how was that process of actually going, I'm going to say something? Were you nervous to chip in? Was it was it a bit – I don't know. What's your thought on that? I think if we'd have started a few years earlier, I would have been. But because I've – done enough stuff on stage with a microphone on where you can actually see the people that can hear you i don't think it bothered me because i've always done like singing and stuff with the guitar and whatnot on a thing but maybe being in musicals and getting over maybe it's auditions because there's yeah, nothing because you know what's scary when I, when I had canadian idol the scary part wasn't when i was on tv with the cameras and there was like 50 producers in the room yeah the scary things when you're there and that there's one audition. person in the room 
That's the scary one. Yeah. Like, that's the hard part. I tell you what, I think probably the audition I did for Cats the other week, probably the first audition I've done where I was just like, I'm not, I'm not massively yeah. nervous. I'm not trembling. I went in, did what I could, and came back out again. So I get way more nervous if I have to do like a meeting, like in a boardroom, and it's like you know, three people, and I'm on a pitch, as opposed to, hey, you want to speak to the entire student body and all your, all your colleagues are going to be watching as well? Yeah, give me that. No worries. No worries whatsoever. The first time I was bricking it. Once I got through the first one, and I was like, oh, I'm all right. Do you think because that, that all blurs is uh, instead of having like focused people on you, like three, you just got this huge number of people looking at you. I also it's walk around. It's like blur. a blur to you. I also walk around. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you kind of fill the stage. Yeah, but I think it's just the idea of you know looking into the eyes of someone and going, I'm not afraid to make eye contact with you and then you. And that's probably an old stage trick. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. So, I'm much more nervous of having to have like an awkward conversation with someone I know than I am having to just talk like in front of a lot of people. I, I think the last domino to fall for me was if I had to do something off the cuff. If I could prepare, that easy. Mm-hmm. And now it's a bit like, okay, you do something off the cuff. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I've done that enough times now and I kind of know where I'm going. Yeah. But, and you know, you have, um, you have a lot of funny stories that you can bring to certain things to help with stuff when yeah. you're talking to people sometimes it's helpful yeah you know like if you're doing um, a, a serious conversation about something you might bring in a personal experience of us that situation of what you may have been faced yourself sure enough. and you'll and even if it's serious you'll you'll have that little slight you always downgrade yourself <laughs> when it when you when you tell a story okay you know you'll say something like um i don't know something out of out of thin air you'll say something that you you recall doing you'll go and you're not afraid to show that you made a mistake or you stumbled or yeah. you know you were lazy in school but then educated yourself after school sure. you know, i didn't want to be in a factory you know you're not one of these people who title is everything no you know you're very much grounded in no that, and somehow in that, in and somehow I've, I've now woken up with a title and i'm like i really don't care about yeah, it yeah, yeah and i know we jest on the pod about you having a big head <laughs> Which he does. Yeah, the Ian is always right stuff. His hats don't fit him. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. I am. Like my wrong. I'm very confident in the things that I am. I hope it's never arrogant. We know you well. Does it get played up? Sure, it does. Yeah, yeah. But there's that side of it. But also on the other side, there's this crippling anxiety of going. I hope I don't screw this up. Yeah, but they don't see that, and they don't know that, do they? No, but I mean, I think it's both sides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think that's the same with stand-ups, though. The same, same with comics, isn't it? I think so, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't want to die on their ass every night, do they? Uh, you know, but they have to go through that to... was it Matthew Perry said on the reunion show for, for Friends, his biggest fear was always that he would say a line that he thought was funny. Yes. And it died. And he said, I was living and dying with every joke. And yeah. I'm like, I get that so much. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. So, like a podcast where, like, there's times where I throw jokes out in the pod and people don't laugh. I'm like, okay, back to the notes. Just move on. I thought that was funny. Moving on. No one's laughing. This is what it's like to be Ethan. <laughs> I'm glad you guys laughed at that. Uh, where are we at here? Um, we've done that. Oh, we find out that, oh, first off, I just want to say, the bride seems, the prostitute story and all that, the, the bride seems shaken, as I think you would be. You would. The chairs look hideous. They're on these, like, giant wicker. Yeah. It's like if, the, if like, the, the chair of swords from Game of Thrones yeah. is made out of wicker. I'll tell you what, though, the husband, he's a bad actor, isn't he? Yeah, he is. 
his reactions to stuff was like, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, mm. <laughs> just extras, nigga. Told him, you're gonna be the, you're gonna be, the, you're gonna be the couple who gets married. Right, who, yeah, who fits in this suit? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we meet George, played by Alexis Arquette. Uh, really, I like Alexis. Really interesting story. Yeah, about Alexis Arquette. Um, David's into her, and I've gotten my notes. I don't know what the joke is, as because in the film, of course, the role's male. Alexis Arquette um, was uh, was 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 a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. Later on in life, yes. Uh, yeah. So originally at birth was named Robert Arquette, then was uh, took on the name Alexis Arquette, and by 2013, so early 2000s, transitioned and uh, was living life as a female. Yes. But by 2013 was presenting herself as a man again in many situations. Oh, okay. And said the line, gender is bullshit. And so I found something that after, because Alexis Arquette dies of HIV complications yeah. 20 years after contracting it. Also the brother to uh, David and Rosanna. Is this uh, David Rosanna. Arquette's? Yeah. Okay. David Rosanna Arquette, yeah. Um, and a quote that I found brother. was, um, today we lost um, someone who originally we knew we thought of as our, our brother George, who then became our sister Alexis, who then became our brother Alexis. Yeah. Is the quote that was done. So this idea of gender really being fluid. Um, and so it's difficult because now I have to watch the film with their journey that's going to happen after this movie. After the movie, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sort of retconning it, but it was really difficult. So they said early on in, the, in, in her career, uh, got a lot of roles as a female impersonator. So a man yeah. pretending yes. to be a woman. But yeah. in this one, it was it was boy george which of course was played with a very feminine energy throughout because that's boy boy george is a very feminine energy well back in the 80s when uh culture club came about yeah. with boy george there was a big famous hoo-ha on top of the pops when he appeared on top of the pops with culture club um people were going is that a boy is it a girl who is it what are they and gender wasn't really like it is today wasn't really um it was laughed at Certainly. rather than um appreciating the right word but um more acknowledged yeah okay. you know you wouldn't laugh at something like that now if you watch this film wedding singer it's, oh it's my words it's played for a joke the whole time at. it is because it's stuck in the 80s and that's what happened to boy george and that's what they're saying that they're using that against that and now oh, i also think in 97 in 98 it's still a joke it's, as well it's, yeah, yeah 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 which is why that still yeah. at that time stood up now, imagine being Alexis, going through what... And choosing these roles, going for these roles. Because that was the only roles that you could identify yourself or trying to be at that time. Certainly. You know, and I think if she was born or he was born in a different era, like today, totally different story. They, I, I think if Alexis was still alive, they'd probably just identify as they and gender fluid. Like, that would just be... Yeah, it would be, yeah, it would yeah. be, it would be non-binary probably. Yeah. Because of yeah, because even even in in Alexis's life, it was I got to be one or I got to be the other, yeah. and you see and this struggle, this seemingly um, straddling of this what seemed like a binary choice. Yeah. And today, I think it would be much more. It's okay. It's a spectrum. You can be, yep. and it's performative, and you can be here one day, and you can be here the next day, and that's okay. Yeah. But these are conversations that take decades to get to, and our understanding of what gender is in society. Uh, is much more fluid. Mm. 
mm-hmm. than than obviously what it was. Then the hard part here was this was clearly being mined for comedy. Yeah, it was. And you know the hardest part as well when you watch uh, Alexa's performance, you can feel that hurt and pain behind. There's some pain on his eyes. You can see it. Yeah. Um, we then meet Julia Sullivan, played by Drew Barrymore. And I've got, even when hitting someone in the back of the head with a tray, she is so charming. She is, yeah. She owns the late 90s. She does. Do you know the funny thing about Drew Barrymore, right? Now, you probably disagree with me on this. Uh, She's not your classically pretty girl. No. But there's something about her that's very engaging, very attractive. Yep. And she plays vul- She plays vulnerable well. Oh. Yeah. Very well. Uh, the limo driver wants to hook up with her if she's anything like Holly, because Holly's easy, we're told. <laughs> Some old guy grabs her backside. Uh, I've got my notes here, j- just because, Georgia, you're a wedding server. Yep. Any stories like this? Um, nothing like that, because in today's day and age, I'm pretty sure the rest of the people that I work with, plus, like, because there is, we're mostly, it's a mostly female team, but there's a big old chefy out the back that if okay. he got wind that someone was doing that to one of us, they'd be very quickly removed because we are, we're, we're a luxury wedding provider, not. Okay. So it's it, the price people pay to like have us, us serve is, yep. is not small. Um, so I think any sort of thing like that they'd be kicked out i've not experienced it i have had i have i did yeah um i did have the other week it really made me laugh it's it's wholesome it's okay i had a man because we we water and wine the tables and if they've got corkage we just replace the bottles as they're gone the bottles of wine um and so i was serving this table and said um have you got you you wine okay um we're talking about he's like the the red wine and it was almost gone i said well why don't you put that in your glass and i'll go get you another bottle and he went really <laughs> so, yes yeah, so i brought it back out for him and he went i love you <laughs> like, i just kept like he was yeah, he, right. he said it a couple of times over that's the night right. when i like, brought him his dessert and stuff as well so no but it was absolutely fine it's it was really lot, lovely i don't even mind if it's a bit of a give and take if there's if, if it's clear if it's being reciprocated yeah a little bit of a flirty energy i'm not one to do it but looking at it, i got no issue if there's a little bit of a tete-a-tete back and forth mm-hmm um, because it can be a long shift and things can be boring and da 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 da. Right? Oh, if you're doing a twelve hour wedding shift, you sure. get to know some of these. People and if someone's giving well. you, a bit, if it's a bit more, if it's a bit more interesting to go to that table than that table, because at least I'm going to have a little bit of a fun conversation. As long as it's being reciprocated, yeah, that's, I got no issue with that. No, nope. there was also a brilliant gay couple at that wedding who wanted to know. They would said, "Do you know what the next course is?" I was like, "Because I didn't know at the time what we were serving." I said, "No, but I'll see if I can find out for you." Like, yeah, we were having bets on what was coming next because, oh my goodness, the first course was tomato soup, and who had to serve the bride? Me. I'm incredibly clumsy. I don't know if we've ever put this over on the. Did I didn't it, spill it. Did it? Did it look like the final act of Carrie by the time you were done? <laughs> no, it was luckily. It was, and the second course ended up being roast chicken with gravy, which okay. I also had to serve to the bride, and we were okay. But I found out what the deck between courses when we were clearing. I found out what they were and just came over to this couple and went, uh, ch- "Roast chicken and brownie." And they went, "Oh, you are good." <laughs> they came. No, it's, it's did you explain like i didn't make the choice i'm just telling you what it is yeah, no, yeah, absolutely <laughs> but they were like they're just having it's weddings are nice things to work usually because usually people are happy to be there so wow well, this movie would suggest otherwise yeah. <laughs> we then meet holly sullivan the aforementioned so i thought it was going to be a throwaway line about her cousin holly nope here comes holly well, there's a sister isn't it a cousin cousin oh played by Chris, that's, yeah, they have different moms. Played by Christine Taylor. Did you recognise her? Yeah, I totally recognised Oh, her. I see, I didn't. So, Until this time round. Oh, really? I went, oh my God. But this is, okay, so we didn't mention this. This is my first time watching it. Yes. For, Georgia, it was your first time watching yeah. it. 
Uh, for you, I'm sh- probably about fifteen times. Really, this many times? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, so um, this is, of course, Mrs. Ben Stiller. It is, but also um, from Friends. As I say, Georgia, we will come across this woman on Friends. I did recognize the her. Girlfriend. Yeah, she's the one who shaves her head. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah. Yep. You bolded my girlfriend. So we will be covering that, but we on our Friends retrospective, yeah. Friends of the podcast. There's more than one link to that in this movie. Oh. Uh, the chef is nice to her. Oh, we because Holly let him look at her boobs at the Christmas party last year, <laughs> and the chef kind of looks at her and she goes, "No." I th- yeah, I'm okay with that. That's yeah, all right. Yeah, that's yeah, a fun yeah. little yeah, that's joke. A joke. It's yeah, a fun little joke. Okay. She was not my greatest moment, but hey, it's uh, and I think everyone's got stories of working in a place where someone got drunk and something happened, and there's a photo or something like that. As long as it doesn't get passed around, it's just like a legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Julia realizes she goes. My fiance is never going to set a date. And somehow the chef has a shirt that says relax, which isn't quite as good as if it said Frankie says relax, yeah. but it's relax. And I go, okay, I hear you, 80s reference. Yep. But the this one is- that just says relax, that's what um, George Michael wore in Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. I guess he wouldn't want to say Frankie because no. yeah, he's not Frankie Goes to Hollywood, is he? No. <laughs> Um, what was their big song? Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax, don't do. Oh my it. word, that's so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, we'll put that in the real too. I thought you were being funny. No, I was not. Sometimes I really do miss the forest for the trees. The stuff I miss is, is insane. Did you know they only had? Um, they were only together for about uh, nine, ten months, I think, as a band. Is that it? And they had four number ones. This is. That's actually remarkable yeah uh this is shocking they couldn't figure out a way to make a second album and make this work you'd have thought um this is the first movie i remember that sort of nostalgia nostalgized don't think that's a word but anyway <laughs> that sort of um oh what's what i'm looking for here nostalgized it kind of idealized anyway the 80s yeah because the 90s were very big at the start of going leave the 80s behind it was excess it was uh bright colors bright colors shoulder pads big hair all yeah, those yeah, things yeah, yeah. Uh, acid wash we need to leave all that stuff behind yeah it became 90s became gritty and and 90s became don't even mention the 80s yeah i think more than any other decade i don't think the 80s hated on the 70s the way the 90s i don't think any decades hated on the one that came before it like the 90s did with the 80s yeah probably not especially in north america where where, where, where the grunge scene took over yeah. right mm-hmm. and the wedding song comes out and kind of goes no no the 80s were all right <laughs> and maybe for the reason why i wasn't because keep in mind like i'm 98 i'm, about I'm 19 i'm about 18 19 i'm 18 when this movie comes out because my yeah. birthday's not happening yeah, i'm 18 yeah so i'm 18 when this comes out so like i am the 90s you know what i mean like the 90s is my decade mm-hmm. and it's what distinguishes me from the generation that came before me forget my parents my parents were the 70s right like yep this is this is the thing that makes me me so i'm not i don't want to give any love to the probably part of the reason why i didn't bother to watch this movie is I'm like, no, no, uh, no, not the 80s. I've spent, you know, I've been told, trained my whole adolescent life. The 80s are, were a mistake. I like the 80s, though, to be fair. I think Britain, by, I don't know what it is, I think Britain's got a much less, um, I think you're allowed to like many things here. Oh, okay. I think back home, you're supposed to like one thing. Oh, or, at least, okay. or at least back then you were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I don't think Britain had changed much from the 60s to the Because to the keep 80s. in mind, you guys still have the effect of uh, West Western Europe. You still have the, the sort of the German and the French influence and uh-huh. that sort of Euro, 
because like, like dance music and, and the big thing that, that that's that's like an 80s aftershock it's like if you took disco in 80s and then took it to the next level yeah you you get you get you know you know that scene that house scene that trance that all comes out of yeah yeah and the electronic scene came from uh germany didn't it right so, you know so that's kind of like the 80s progression if germany's like if if what if the 80s weren't hated and you just kept going with it you yeah. get that right yeah whereas in north america it's that big old ocean yeah you're isolated you are you, you create your own thing which is why i think grunge is so much of a bigger thing in north america than it ever was over here yeah grunge was, grunge, was, grunge was only about three four year thing over here but like in, in north america it's probably about the same but it was it was dominant we didn't go from there to dance we didn't we didn't have that movement oh okay we didn't even have like this poppy kind of mid-90s thing we still kept because we went from grunge into alternative rock Oh, okay. Those were the big ones, and then eventually we got tired of being sad, and then we, <laughs> and then we saw the rise of the of the boy group, and then after that, the rise of the girl group. No, girl Did group, you, then boy group. How was the yeah. the the punk pop movement over there? I mean, you had like Green Day in the early '90s, but that's about it. Oh, okay. Like, so you have. I mean, not that Green Day were the only ones. No, you had like a two year window. Yeah, and then not much until you have that next generation of pop punk. Yeah, in like the late 90s early 2000s like I, blink I like 182 that. the I offspring like, I like that yeah. things like that yeah, yeah and that was fun because alternative rock couldn't go people with guitars had to go somewhere yeah and so they went there and then then new metal happens and i'm just like i give up on music did you did you get the um scar punk pop feel vibe uh yeah it was it was it was, like it was a safe, thing safe ferris and people like that yeah and yeah. we had like uh I'm trying to think. Brian Setzer Orchestra was was the best example of it. Oh, okay. Because he was it was on Gap Ad. I mean, it was like swing meets ska, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But lots of big horns and things like that. But yeah, it was like it was totally ska was was huge for 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 a minute. Yeah, because I, I quite well, like the ska. No doubt, Tragic Punk. Kingdom album. I mean, Yay. that is oh, very good. That is one. That's probably the quintessential ska influenced album of uh, of the nineties. Mm. So yeah, sorry, Georgia, you've got stuck in our <laughs> in vortex our- as we kind of compare. <laughs> This Unlike is, Ethan, I can't quantum leap, so I have no. not experienced. This is kind of what, what happened there was kind of like when the Doctor meets River Song. They exchanged notes on where they've been. <laughs> like, well, over where I was, it was doing this. What was it doing here? I was doing that. Oh, okay, you must be the Doctor. I was just reading, <laughs> reading your list of films and so seeing the Haunted Mansion, and I'm very excited about that. Seeing what Haunted Mansion? Yeah. yeah so, uh, did anyone take that? No, no one took that. Um, spoilers. Uh, oh, spoilers. There we go. I brought it back to Rose. That Rose Tyler. Uh, uh, River Song. So. Um, I've said about that. Uh, oh, so relax. That's the last thing I talked about. So, uh, Drew Barrymore goes to get some air just as Robbie helps an underage drinker to puke it on up. And he's been great at this wedding. Like, he's not just a singer. He's like smooth things over. He's like a host. Like if he's only getting 60 yeah. bucks, he needs to up his rate. Yeah. Cause he's fantastic. He yeah. is. I'm also like, man, stick it out until the nineties and the two thousand. Like people start making bank for big, weddings. Big money, yeah. yeah. Um, so Drew Barrymore and Sandra have a meet cute about drinking and puking. And I do want to talk a little bit more about the energy between them. So Drew Barrymore approached Adam Sandler about working together on a film, saying they were cinematic soulmates before they'd even worked together. She sort of saw in him, I guess, her counterpoint. Do you know what? When you see them on screen, they are very... They work, man. So well. They work. And all I heard about was this. So I'd seen 50 First Dates before I saw this. Oh, okay. Because 50 First Dates is them trying to recapture the magic. Haven't they done about three, four films together? Uh, I, think done, I think they did do a third. I don't remember what it is now, though. Splendid or something? 
I can't remember. Don't know. Um, so Barrymore had a great relationship also with the director and praised him for balancing the broad comedy with important moments of emotion and intimacy. Sandler would often make Barrymore laugh out of context that even after a long day, her laughs on camera would be real. In addition, she would not read or hear the songs until the first shoot. So her reactions would be more spontaneous. I like that. She gets it. She does. Um, where am I at here? Uh, so me cute about drinking and puking and says, Hey, I'm waitressing your wedding next week. Georgia, do you know all the couple's names of the weddings that you're doing? Uh, yeah, you tend to when a few days before. Cause this seemed like it was kind of adjacent to the job you do. Yeah. It's pretty, well, like here's the venue. This. Yeah. The wedding comes to us. Yep. We take care of everything and then out you go and we have everything sort of lined up for it. Which package have you got? Da 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 da. Yeah. Is it always the same? Because in this film, it was the same venue, same wedding singer, same caterers. You know, is that the same? And uh, we are? have the same wedding staff. So the planner will be different, but the kitchen staff will be from the same group of people. Um, the but do you have the same venue? The sa- we have five or six different venues. Because this was always the same venue. Do you, do you tend to always work at the same venue or do you move around? I've worked two different ones. Okay. So, because oh, okay. they're just because they're closest, the others are like Norwich way. So, okay. I tend to do just the two that are closest. So, I assume m- m- most staff would have their one or two, but they would. Go yeah, to. most staff do, but I I have one that I do the the most, okay. so I know my way around that one quite well. Cool. But yeah, but no, it's it's very similar to what she ends up doing. Wow. Um. So she's uh she's waitress right next week, and instantly he notices her ring. I got my notes. Liam, do you notice this on a woman? Because I don't notice a ring. No. <laughs> That's not me trying to say. Um, it's just, it's just, I'm, I guess my my mindset when I meet women is never dating. Yeah. As, 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 as a first port of call. So I, I don't look. Well, I just don't look anyway. I yeah. just, uh, it's not something. I think women are more inclined to do that than men. I don't know if I'm completely out of left field on that or not. A friend of mine just recently got um, engaged, and she had three rings merged together to make one big ring. Yep. But she wanted to keep all three bands and have, like, a cluster of uh, diamonds that was like a flower. Yeah. Oh, it looks amazing, really. And I'm not into jewellery. And she went, oh, these are so many carrots and blah, blah, blah. I went, you lost me on there. I ain't got a clue. <laughs> well, well, you know, she went, oh, but there's, like, there's clarity and this. Oh, but lost me. Gone. I wear, I wear silver. I don't wear. I don't wear gold or rose gold. So. I prefer you know, silver, but if I can't get, if I need you white gold, then because it looks like silver. Okay, I polished that, my rings today. Everybody having a just a little. You see how shiny that one is? Oh, I can't oh, see. Look oh, how shiny. Jeez, oh, oh. blind. I'm blind. <laughs> um, I've had kids at work. They go, "Are you married?" And like, no, I'm not. But it's wrong because finger, I've got. Wrong finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it looks. It looks. It, I could be yeah. if I if I needed to ward people off. I probably could move them across. Um, so she comes clean about she's not sure how serious her fiance is, and they've got lovely chemistry, but the crowd is booing George because in covering because he's been out for too long, George only knows how to do one song apparently my, yeah, my only criticism of George in this is that he repeats the same song. I guess it's the joke. This is the one song, and it's the eighties because so you can very, get away with it's it. It's a very sad song, isn't it? Yeah. As well, it's a- and the and the and the image is very Boy George. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In in, in the creation of it, yeah. And he was huge over in America, Boy George. Sure it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, was in the, he was even in the episode um, with the A Team. I don't know. What, is that right? Yeah. I don't know what the timeline is, but surely you know, come and come and come and come and come and come. Was that another Boy George song you could do? Well, you'd have thought. You'd have thought so. 
Yeah. Uh, I know more than one Oasis song. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if it was like, can you play another song? I don't have to play Wonderwall again. I know other uh, songs. Yeah. Um, you do? I do. You should tell it to everyone else who owns a guitar. The greatest joke I ever played on someone. <laughs> well, it's not the greatest, but it's up there. I was around, um, I was around at a friend's house. And they, they, they had a friend who I was aware of. They'd been around enough. I'm like, oh, it's so-and-so. Um, JT. And so I was like, ah, oh, JT, how you doing? Oh, he's learned how to play guitar. I'm like, oh, good on you. And he's like, I learned how to play. Uh, so he started playing Wonderwall, but he's, but he's, he's not playing it right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. He goes, I'm like, that's really good. Do you mind if I can count the guitar for a minute? I said, you did it like this. I'm like, mm, there's one chord. There's the other chord. The other. And then I just strum the whole song and play it. And I'm like, I think it's more like this. And as I'm going through, he's looking at me like, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think it's this. And the, and the whole time, my, my, my friend's looking like, you are an ass. Because <laughs> she knew. She knew exactly what I was yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, oh, lot, poor JT. A lot of fun. I also did it once when I was working with Tim Hortons. And there was it was my second year doing it. So they made me the second year. The first year you I went, you had to go sit on the stupid like orientation course. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was it was just a day, right? Second year they made me do it again. And I'm like, oh come on. Really? <laughs> I again? <know> this. <laughs> this is not that difficult. I sat through it. They probably wish they had because I knew the answer to everything was just like, I'm bored. There's nothing worse than me. You've seen me at rehearsals when I'm off book. I'm bored. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You play up. Oh, <laughs> I just want to entertain myself. He literally becomes a petulant toddler. Yep. He does. So I was like, all right. And so I get put up my reg at the same restaurant I was at previously, and it's the drive-through, and there's this like um, little radio thing you have to hit on the side so that you're not always talking; they can't always hear you. You wouldn't want that; that would not go well. Mm-hmm. And so this old fellow was with me, and they were like, "Oh, you should go." Uh, I don't know what to call him. Let's call him. Let's call him George. And George was like, "All right, yeah, yeah oh, oh, uh, it's him." Uh, uh, and he's like trying to work around the screen. And it's very <laughs> first time you do it; it's very overwhelming. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there's all yeah, these yeah. things, and how do I get there? I'm like, you did all right. You did all right. And then I'm like, do you mind if I try the next one? <laughs> you are. Hi, that's Tristan Tim Hortons. My name is Ian. Can I take your order, please? All right. And you want this, this. And I'm like, my fingers are like, probably look at it going a thousand miles an hour to on the screen. I go, all right. Pull on up through. And I go, whew. And I go, whew. I hope I did all right. <laughs> and I bet he never came back to work After, again. It took him a moment, but then he went, you're an ass. <laughs> yeah, good lad, good lad. Um, we meet uh, Rosie, played by Ellen Albertini Dow. I thought she was going to be a bigger deal, but I'll talk about her. She's the little old lady. And there was a recurring thing about her being like foul-mouthed, if not inappropriate. Yes. And she was very big in the late 90s early 2000s probably her biggest moment is like she's in the wedding crashers oh she is and she's like this little racist like old she lady is. saying the most offensive things she is yeah, yeah. um uh she's singing the song till there was you it's from the music man it's the music man yeah uh the first time i ever heard this song uh the beatles on one of their anthology albums Oh, okay. They were on American TV, and they said, we'd like to sing a song now from one of our favorite musicals. They were, they were just winding up. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't. No, it was Morecambe and Wise they were on. Oh, okay. I think. And it was them going, you know, kind of going against type. And then the, the one of the hosts comes back on because he's been, like, ready for these rockers. And then meanwhile, the Beatles are all in, like, straw top, like, barber <laughs> cor- barbershop quartet hats. Yeah. Kind of playing against the expectations. So, uh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's it's it's, it's wonderful. Uh yeah, he tries to come on and he's like, twist and shout. And he's like, <laughs> and in the middle of the lyrics, he's like, 
have the Beatles left? He's like, no, they're there. <laughs> and so there's the song and this other thing playing and the thing. Oh, it's fantastic. I'll have to give that a look. Our so, friend Megan played that part when so, we did the show. So when I first heard it, I went and saw The Music Man when... when that was when the first the, thing you saw. It was the first thing I saw. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not a, I thought it was a Beatles song. <laughs> <laughs> or at least something I know is from a musical. <laughs> Although they do talk about it on the track, but I never really, it never really cued on me. Um, she tells us that Robbie's going to be married tomorrow because Robbie gives her singing lessons and she wants to know if he's nervous. He goes, Oh, no, I'll be all right. As long as she shows up, I'll be okay. <sighs> he goes, No, no, I mean about the wedding night. And you're like, What? And next thing she's like, When I wasn't a virgin when I got married, and she's like 80 or something like this. And oh, I just realized no one's done the age game. Uh, <laughs> I, I can do that. That's right, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, and said, oh, if, if, that was a lot of people back then. If it was today, I'd be at 200. Yeah, she had eight, didn't And she? it's like, wow. And she pays him in meatballs. Oh, this is gross. Two meatballs for a singing lesson. I'm like, first off, for a singing lesson, I think I want more than two meatballs. And why would you stick them in your hands? It's it's this weird. Why did you not just let him take the pot? Yeah, yeah take the pot, or yeah. let me put it on a plate, and you can eat it now. And then to squeeze him in his hands, or next or... time I'll give you four. Yeah, yeah. So grim. Um, I didn't get so, that. No. And then we meet Julia's mother. Julia's mother says, "Georgia, did you recognize Julia's mother?" I don't know which one she is. Friends. She was the only older lady who speaks to someone in the whole movie. No. Okay, it is from Friends. This is Ross and Monica's Monica's mother. Yeah. Christina Pickles. I hadn't picked up on this, but my girlfriend picked up on this. And I went, oh, it is. I saw the name in the credits. So I'm 99% sure I would have picked up on this because she's got a very distinctive. I picked it up in the second half of the movie, her voice. In the first half, she has a better job of sort of changing her voice. Mm -hmm. Because she'd have been doing that role on Friends for four years at that point. Yep, yep. Yep. So on our, we haven't come across it on the retrospective. We skipped the episode she was supposed to be doing. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's our second one. I got news for you. There's still one more. Wow. Yep. Wow. Um, so uh, mom says, wow. hey, if you want to. Hang on, hang on. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, wrong, wrong episode. Wrong episode. <laughs> um, says, uh, if you want to land this guy who she's engaged to, you know what you got to do? You have a fake pregnancy. And this is where you go, okay, mom sucks. Yep. Yep. Uh, we get the wedding and a string quartet's playing Don't Stop Believing. <laughs> oh, oh my I goodness. loved that. I was talking to a wedding planner while we were setting up for a wedding. And we were just talking, but she was talking about things that she hates, like that happen all the time in weddings. And one of her biggest pet peeves is when people think they're being so original when they get a pop song played by a string quartet. And so when this played, it absolutely cracked me up uh, because it's so common. You know, I don't think it's about being original. I think it's about I love this song. So yeah. why? Why wouldn't but I walk like, down to a song that has meaning? A lot of people, like when they pick it, they're like, oh, we'd like to do this song, but we're going to have it as a string quartet because it's more <laughs> appropriate for a wedding then. And my favorite couple that I've ever served for was a couple that absolutely, the, the bride walked down the aisle to the final countdown, like straight up the final countdown. That was brilliant. I'd have that as death metal. <laughs> it's just so common. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're being it's, original. it's never really an option I think I'm probably going to have. I think people, typically that's the bride's choice, what song gets played at that point. Do you know um, the most requested song in a church that they can't play is Imagine by John uh, Lennon. Really? Because must, they're opening lyrics. Must be used a lot in funerals. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try. That's why it doesn't get played. No hell below us, above us on this guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, the priest checks his watch. Yeah, he's getting stood up. Uh, and I'm like, yep, he stood up. Uh, there's a tight close-up on Robbie as he walks to the gazebo, and then he breaks a mirror. I don't... See, I like it when Adam Sandler 
You know when he contains his anger? Oh, he just, when he lets go of his anger, that's all that... It's, it's that, it's yeah, that yeah, thing. Yeah. I it's, hate it. Yeah, it's, it's just... Just why? Because it reacted well and people liked it, so they keep doing it until they stop. They did it once. I know. In, um, Billy Madison. Billy Madison and in um, uh, the... the or maybe it was Happy Gilmore I'm thinking Happy of. Happy Gilmore. Maybe. It probably is Happy yeah, Gilmore yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about. And I was funny in Happy Gilmore, but it's just like... Yeah. Really? Um, he doesn't want the boy. Oh, so he's got his buddies over, and they're like, "Yeah, I always thought she was bad." And he's like, "Don't say anything bad about her because we get back together, and then it'll be weird." And it's the denial stage, and I've been in the, in the denial <laughs> stage. I remember in a situation where I was in a breakup, and someone said something bad about who I was with, and I was like, "Don't do that because no, we're gonna make it. It's gonna happen." <laughs> it's just no, 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 because because I, I was in it. I was in it to win it. Yeah, I mean. and uh, sometimes you don't get a say, and that's. That's the notion. I mean, relationships are people choosing to be together and, ho- and choosing to be together every day. Um, but this is my first real big heartbreak, so I, I didn't know any of that stuff. Do you know what, though, right? Um, I was very, as a young kid, I was always, I jumped into things, no matter how outrageous, you know, getting to be together with someone was, you know, or, you know, it didn't matter. I just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't ever phase me. I've been burnt and hurt so many times. I'm a lot more reserved about stuff. I'm not that yeah, this is where enthusiastic. These, this is where you get these like cliches about guys who just a won't commit and b won't show emotion. Yeah, because you're just terrified of of getting hurt. I'm very hard to get to know <laughs> when I'm getting in a relationship. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I used to watch these. Uh, I used to watch these men who'd been married before and then were with their and they, they wouldn't get married again. And you're like, man, what's the deal with that? Believe in love. Yeah, I was the same. And then, you know, when you've done the bit where you get married and you invite everybody to come see you, it's like the idea about doing that again, it's like, yeah, everybody here is thinking, remember last time? It feels like the most arrogant thing ever. Come and watch us and celebrate in our love. Yeah. I was was helping out um, a friend who's going through a bit of a rough time with some stuff. And I was trying to relate and go, hey, I've been here, da-da-da-da-da. I went, yeah, but you don't get it because it's, it's this person. And I'm like, I, I I know you feel like your love was was the was the love. It's like Marshall in, in in How I Met Your Mother, where he's like, love died. And he expects everybody else to mourn his his <laughs> his breakup, and they don't because it's not their breakup. And it's uh, always big when it's yours because yeah. you, you believe it's that only thing. And then I wonder if once you've had it and you, it does that, do you ever do you ever go there again? I don't know. It's difficult. It's very hard for me to let go. Uh, but when I do let go, then I'm okay. But it's just that, like I said, when I was younger, I would just jump into a relationship and go, yeah, this is the best thing ever. You know, get hurt and go, oh, okay. This is the best thing ever. Oh, okay. This is the best thing. But now I'm just like, um, I'm in my 40s and <laughs> I'm a lot more reserved. There we go. I'm, I, I don't really jump into stuff. Georgia, you're neither in your 40s nor divorced, but is there anything yeah. you want to chip in with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no you have to be in any sort of a relationship to get married to get divorced yeah. so uh no, I'm, no i've got to work on the dating side before right. i can join this club i'm afraid uh, trust me you'll get there <laughs> well hopefully not hopefully not hopefully the divorce part. Part. <laughs> well, well, well <laughs> that's my pessimistic side coming out yeah. <laughs> um so my nana likes to call me very very picky she said before she'd love to see me get married but is very well aware that i'm so picky she might not. oh bless her <laughs> Love um, Nana. Love Nana. Absolutely. Um, so aftermath. Oh, we said everybody is the eighties. Uh, like one of the kids is like wearing like a Freddy Krueger mask. 
<laughs> okay, back to like, boiler room, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, it's just what can we do to make sure you know it's the '80s? The song is "White Wedding" by Billy Idol. That one is Billy Idol. I know that, that one. Is Billy Idol. That evening, we meet Linda, played by Angela Featherstone. She looks familiar. I don't really know her from anything. No, not the top. I don't go looking back into her I history. I don't know if it's because I, I've watched this film several times. But I don't. <laughs> she would she, be familiar. Then. What movie yeah. is she from? Oh, this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she has that familiarity about her. I yeah. don't know. Um, she and she's the perfect counterpoint because she's wearing the met the the rock t-shirt she's got big black hair uh, like grammar does hair, not yeah. um and he just goes to her hey you're late yeah and she goes yeah and he goes hey if you need more time and she's like no i'll never want to marry you and he's like that information might have been a little bit more helpful yesterday yesterday <laughs> well no, not this time the first time he says he's, he's quite uh we want to apologize for the for the eardrums on our listeners on that one. <laughs> I was doing my impression of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first one. And she goes, look, I'm in love with the Robbie from six years ago when he was in a band. And she wants to leave Ridgefield. Now, I I don't know. I mean. That's a trope, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a movie. I don't know. I mean, I totally get people who want to leave the small town they're from. No, but that's mentioned in a lot of coming of age and different. Um, I, I can't end up with my mom. I got to get out of here. Get out of town, yeah. yeah. She's in Con Air, apparently. Is she? That's probably where I saw her. <gasps> With um, Steve Buscemi. He's in there Steve well. Buscemi, there we are. Um, so he does, well, I got the, he does the Adam Sandler singing part. What, what do I mean by this? Uh, is he, is this after? No. She says to him, you want to get married so badly, you don't care to who. And then this kid comes up and goes, hey, Linda. And she's like, oh, hey, little yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Goes, You're a bitch. <laughs> and then he goes, he, he might have Tourette's. We're looking into it. <laughs> and then there's a dissolve, and it's way too quick. Because this is supposed to be like your big heart punch for the guy. Like, yeah. this, this is rock bottom, right? Yeah. But we quickly dissolve out of it to 99 Luft Balloons. 99 Luft Balloons. That was released twice over here as 99 Luft Balloons and 99 Red Balloons. Yes. I quite like the original. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and so there's Glenn, and he's booked tickets to Vegas because he wants to elope. Um, and he says, this, this is one of those girl things. This is the thing you're doing where you're happy on the outside, but you're pouting on the inside. Ugh. And I'm like, the way he says it's kind of bad, but he's not entirely wrong. No, but he's a slime boy. I think sometimes there is a... Uh, a pleasing thing, yeah. I think sometimes there's a, a nature amongst your, your kind, Georgia, mm-hmm. to, uh, to yeah, to, to, to do this thing where on the surface it's like, no, no, I'm okay with this. And then on the inside, it's it's, it's not the case. And then you find out later, that, oh, oh, it's 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 gone badly. <laughs> it doesn't work with me. I see things black and white. Yeah. And that's just like, don't do any gray areas here. No, I'm very big on if you don't like it and say you don't like it. Yeah, that's fine. That's a conversation. But no, I'm not... I'm not doing the mind reading things. So if you don't tell me, me it's wrong, then I can't. I can't help. Yeah, same. And not in like a not in like a mean, dismissive way, but just like we just need to be honest with each other. Yeah, yeah honesty's yeah. best policy. So yeah, just sort of. Yeah, no. It's usually it's only it only usually happens with people that you don't actually like that much or are able to have a conversation like that with, where you go, they will respect me if I say no. Yeah. Because then you so you say yes because it's the easier option. I uh, then he goes and this is where i actually thought he was okay he goes all right let's get married here and she's really quite happy about that now confuse me because i'm like if this guy's supposed to be a jerk this seems like a weird you kind of got a- i guess it puts vegas on the table as an option that's all it's doing isn't it yeah, but also, it later. you can't you, you've got a kind of to have the relationship between um drew and adam you got um, what, what the names again 
Robbie and Julia. Robbie and Julia. I thought Romeo and Juliet, and I kept going back to that. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Robbie and Julia. You got a, she's, there's got to be a reason why she stays. Because mm-hmm. if he's a complete jerk and an ass all the way through. Well, if he's so materialistic, I don't know why he doesn't do the eloping thing. I, yeah. It doesn't seem like he's a guy who ever really takes her considerations in the mind that much. Because if, if he was really that bad, she would see that. Yeah. So he, there has to be elements where that can turn a little. I guess the audience needs to be there from the journey. And if he's a jerk from minute one, I think we need to see why she might kind yeah. of be okay with him. Yeah. Robbie's in the basement. Sammy, the limo driver, comes by. He's listening to Pass the Duchy by Musical Youth, which I only knew because I uh, asked Alexa to look it up for me. Um, from the left-hand side. Do you know this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That was big in the 80s. I would imagine that's why it was included in the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tries to get Robbie to come back to work. Um, and it's this old adage of getting over someone by, if you'll pardon the expression, getting over someone. <laughs> um, I know what when I went through my, 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 my divorce, I had a buddy who was trying very hard to sort of pitch this side of it. I went, guy, you don't get me at all. No. <laughs> Nor yeah. me. I'm pretty sure I know that song because I think it's in the live action Scooby-Doo movie. Okay. It probably is. Yeah. Um, which feels like, yeah, we're, we're back to where we were. Um, what do we have here? Uh, so we go back to the, to a wedding. The dance floor is empty. He's wearing red, I Everyone. think, to represent his anger. But everyone's I wearing think it's red. It's, it's the a theme of theme the wedding. Of the wedding. Sure. <laughs> it is, but why? But you could have made the other one red and this one blue. So blue, the red represents his... Yeah. It's his anger. <laughs> but Teal's not sadness. I, I question this. If he weren't going to be on form, this could ruin his whole income. Why did he... As it turns out, he's not really that worried about being in the wedding game too much longer. No, true. Um, he gets some different lyrics. And this, of course, this is just because we... This is so Santa can have his tantrum. Yeah. And we can have that on all the movie ads and I all that stuff. Bit. No, I don't think you're supposed to. But he says, um, you know, he, he changes some of the lyrics to, to his song. And then finally, that the father of the bride chips up and goes, you're not paid to talk. I want you to, because he's doing like his speaking part, but rather than being good at it and making everybody go, ah, now he's like, love sucks. And then the father says, hey, I want you to sing. I'll do that. And he goes, and I, I relate to this as the guy who uh, has a microphone. microphone. I have a microphone and you don't, so you listen to every word I have to say. <laughs> um, he states, uh, and then he finds some people in the crowd and says, these people won't find love. And one's this, this this guy he calls him a fat guy. Yeah. Uh, there's a man in the dress who we we're supposed to believe is just this really ugly woman with sideburns. Yep. And then some other non-conventional types at all at a table together, but the sort of reject table at the wedding, if you will. Um, and he goes, "Let's cut the cake because another fat guy will have a heart attack if we, if we don't eat again." And I would have been okay if they cut to him and he was just looking cross, but then he kind of looks cross. Then he kind of like, "Yeah, you're right." And I'm like, oh, I don't like this. Because again, you've got to feel, you can't feel too um, against, because this, I turn on him a little bit here uh, because of this. And so you. This is the movie saying, the movie yeah, he's saying, not totally wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've got to right. kind of forgive him. Yep. I don't, but, you know. No, different time when these sorts of jokes would have been over, just edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. Then we get the song Love Stinks. And that's kind of funny, except for if you look at, because the fat guy's the first guy to go, what does love do? And he goes, love stinks. He goes, yeah. And then the guy like goes and just, like stuffs his face with something he's got in his hand. Yeah. He keeps eating. I'm like, oh, jeez. Uh, Robbie eventually gets punched out by the father of the bride. 
Uh, we cut to Julia going dumpster diving and finding Robbie in the dumpster. He now hates weddings. She says, well, I set a date. You promised you'd sing at my wedding. And he goes, I can't do it. I'm out of the business. So she invites him to her engagement party. They've only set a date. Surely you would have had the party when you got engaged, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you would, yeah. What's your thought? <laughs> engagement parties are like when you get for engaged. the engagement. Yeah. <laughs> It's not really a set of date. date They need an organic reason to establish this thing that's going to happen with them. Yeah, and why they're being brought together still. We get the song. Liam, do you know this band? Hold Me Now. Uh Whoa. Who is it? My heart. Uh, Oh, God. I just asked if you knew the band. You went, yes. No, I know the song. Oh, yeah. No, no. I don't know who the band is. Uh, Stay with me. I'm surprised George's not on the phone looking at up. <laughs> I've got not, not got much to go on. I won't lie. Might work. I don't know. Song. Hold me now. Hold me now. Yeah, yeah. Hold me now. If you need to, hold me now. Eighties. Okay, I'll have a look. Um, back at the sister's place. Oh, but yeah, his sister. Sorry, he's watching Dallas. Oh, so they're looking for a date, and it's like, "Come on, you coming, honey?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm just watching Dallas. So it looks like someone shot Jr. This is the most famous 1980s television storyline ever. Yeah, who shot Jr. This was the Avengers Endgame of its day. It was. Everybody was talking about who shot Jr. Yeah, of course they were. I yeah. remember that as a kid. Yes. Yeah. No. Oh man, that's huge. I know that Jr. Was, was was a villain, but I don't remember the the storyline. Oh, that. you don't remember who shot Jr. And the whole is, thing is, about Bobby Ewan having a is this 80, is it true having, it, having a dream is it is it 85 i don't know if it's 85 but i remember it i know of it because in the, I, I've, you know it must be whenever it you watch like what culture and whatever it's like greatest reveals and to find out or worst reveals and you find out it's all just a dream yeah i must because this was the original it was all just a dream yeah 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 because yeah. Uh, no one actually wanted him to go did they no nah. so uh, there's a bigger uh, campaign to get him back which would be parodied years later with who shot mr burns that's right. Yeah, which was yeah, which yeah. was massive in its own right, actually. It was, it was a big deal, too. Yeah. And they copped out and had to be Maggie. Spoilers. Yeah. It's been 25 years. Um, it's been more than 25 years. It's probably been 30. Oh, jeez. Do I want to do that? Jeez. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Who is it? Thompson Twins. Thompson, Thompson Twins. twins. Wow. T-H-O-P Thompson Twins, yes? Yeah. Yep. Um, I've never got that. So we, uh, so the, so there's a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, which is a legit old-school Dunkin' Donuts commercial. So props look, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the kids asked him, is it true in the middle of a nervous breakdown? They kept trying to give these kids these lines to say. It yeah. just wasn't funny. Yeah. No. no. The brother-in-law talks about how passion fades, but then brings up the exception. that it's like, when your sister and I got to you, they're, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And then he goes, but occasionally there's still things. I think if you did this today, you'd actually... I thought, if you're going to go halfway with this joke, go all the way with the joke. Yeah. And I don't know what the rating is or how what you have to avoid. But surely you can do something with innuendo that gets you to a more explicit com. Like, like fine, if the joke is let's make you uncomfortable, then let's make you uncomfortable. Yeah. But all he says he likes his nipples getting twisted. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um. Then we go to the engagement party, and Glenn looks much younger here, much much younger, and looks like he's on the set of Miami Vice, as one of the people will tell us. Well, yeah, he's supposed to. Isn't he he tells his buddy, "If you want to hang on to the hot girl, you have to eventually give in and marry them." But he shirks off all the wedding planning almost instantly to Julia. Well, you care more about that stuff than me. I'm just going to get it wrong. Yeah, that's real manipulative gaslighting sort of stuff. A little bit, yeah. 
Yeah, and that doesn't stop you also um, coming with me to do the things. I don't want to help make dinner. You know me. I, 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 I'm just going to get I it wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to get it wrong. I'm just going to get in your way. No, I can't do the laundry. I don't know how to run that washing machine. I'd hate to ruin the laundry. Yeah. yeah. I can't iron. I just iron more creases. <laughs> uh, Sammy comes in. He's trying to cosplay as Michael Jackson. He's got the glove and everything. And my question is, is Drew Barrymore's character the only one who doesn't get she's supposed to be in the 80s? She's like in the 60s still, isn't she? Her haircut's 90s. Her fashion jumps from the 60s in the 90s it's it never in the 80s yeah never in the 80s not gonna lie i don't like a haircut oh, you i don't like that i do i do um we got the song you know you should know this one all night long all, all night all night all night long who is it lana richie there you go love me some lana richie yeah me too the older i get the more i like lana richie he played um near us uh last year i think or was he playing this year don't know. I don't know if he's coming to Sandringham, you know. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robbie out Sammy for what he said about her, about like, hey, I'm going to get with that girl and she's going to get it. But you understand why he did this. Oh, I don't. I said Sammy says he's a jerk and I think he's 100% right. No, it does it because he's starting to fall for her. Yes. And he doesn't want him to go well, anywhere If near. you and I had a conversation yeah. about well, a girl. I hope you two would not be speaking about something like that anyway. We wouldn't. No, we I know wouldn't. you two wouldn't, but this that right. conversation is disgusting. But if there was a conversation about that, Okay. For me to go ahead and sell you out like that, under, that just seems like that's a bridge you can't come back from. Well, no, I think I think what he's trying to say is is that he wants to be with her and he's not serious about her. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, he yeah, no. is serious. Yeah. So if something happened between him and her, then that can't happen between um, I, I will Robbie, say, and Robbie and Julia. It is somewhat normalized that this is what Sammy is. Like, Sammy's this guy. Sammy's the different girl every night kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's also, like, the best friend who seems to be... Yeah, no, I hate the conversation. He's the best friend who then went over to make him believe in love. I don't like what he says or how he does it, but, I mean, you can see why he does it. He does it because oh, he, doesn't want her to, he doesn't want her to go with him. I get that, but I think... I think Sam, if this was real life, Sammy just lost a friend. Sorry, um, Robbie just Robbie lost just a friend. lost a friend, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robbie and Julia talk about the wedding, and now he's planning hers, I've said, it seems. Um... And he's got, what else can he do as a singer besides weddings? We go to a bar mitzvah, and the whole band is with him. Why can't they do it without him? Exactly. Yeah. I like um, the drummer. Did you notice the drummer? Yeah, old guy, right? Yeah, yeah. he was good, right? George sings Boy George again, even at a bar. It was this pause, like, what are they going to sing? <laughs> and then, do you really? Like, ah. Uh. Yeah. He comforts a boy who got turned down. At this point, I'm 100% on board with the storyline. I'm like, oh, what a he lovely storyline. He looks familiar, that kid. He looks like the kid who was there, was, there was a heavy ginger kid who was in a lot of movies, the big green and the sand lot. It's not the same kid, though. Oh, okay. He's like the kid in Matilda who plays Bruce. Don't know. Could be. I'll take your word for it. Could be him. Yeah, he um, does. Yeah, he does, yeah. They're starting to make eyes across the room. Him, not the boy, but um, um, Julia, Robbie, Robbie and Julia. And so, uh, but the boy's like, yeah, she called me a loser. And no, she doesn't want to dance with losers. And so um, Robbie gets back on the mic, introduces Julia, pulls the room for who wants to dance with her. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is okay. Some old guy goes, well, I'd like to do more of it and just dance with her. And I guess the joke is old man who. Old man trope. Yeah. <laughs> but do you know what this is? See, I have umbrage with this because. Again, we need to be aligned with Adam Sandler's character, Robbie, again. We need to be, Yep. oh, yeah. look at what he's doing. Yep. We just had that scene before. Yep. We just had him as the wedding singer who was shit. Yeah. We need to bring him back on board to be the viewer has to fall in love with him again. Sure. 
And so we have this bit where he sets this up, and she's a willing participant. She is. And then the 13-year-old puts his hands on her backside, and she kind of looks kind of whatever, and he tells her, just go with it. Ugh. Uh, oh, then uh, my, my issue is later. <laughs> hang, on, hang on, this is step one. Like, yeah, step one. Drew Barrymore's got the right to react however she wants to react she to this. Does, yeah. Probably, I, I, there's no way you make this today. I no. just, I feel really awful for the the like kids and stuff having being told you've got yeah, to do this oh, now. Yeah. That's not okay. I've got that on my list. Yeah, yeah, that is not okay. At which point, then he starts dancing with some. Um, Younger girl. Younger girl, and he takes her... If she had put... Here's the... Now, granted, the director's telling both things, so just let me go in-universe, and then let me go outside of the universe for a minute. In the universe, if a girl puts her hands on his backside, I'm less offended Mm -hmm. than when his character grabs them and puts them on his backside. Yeah. Because I'm like... Oh, dude. You've literally just made a child touch your ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not okay. Now, my no, other issue, which George has mentioned, or made allusions to, is some director has told them to do this. Yeah. So outside yeah. of universe, like these are children who, and their parents were with them and were okay with like, all these things. I've got on my nigs. Matthew puts, well, Matthew, I mean Robbie. Robbie. Robbie puts the girl's hands on his backside, and I've got about three Rusty's awards sorted for next year. Yeah. I know why he did it in the universe, but wow. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. okay. Because he's trying so hard to give this boy a win that he's like, if 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 Julia's okay with it, I could have done with it. Then I'll match the sacrifice. Yeah, but I could have done with before he even like calls the boys over. Be with a, are you all right to dance with some kids? Yep. Because that's not in her job description. She's just waiting tables. Yep. She does not need to be objectified by a group of 13-year-old boys. No. But he puts that in place without checking with her that it's okay. I, I agree with you on that too. Yeah. Uh, she gives him a kiss on the cheek, and that's our narrative. So obviously the character's okay with it, um, which is telling us that we should be okay with it. Uh, I don't know how it felt. I don't know how it felt in '97, but in 2023, I was like, no. Same. Uh, Julia thanks Robbie for his tip on flowers, and now he's planning the wedding with her. But he says, "I got to find more gigs. Only four Jewish families in this town. This bar mitzvah was heaving. It was heaving. A lot of the boys had." Are they what are called yarmulkes. yarmulkes on? So, just saying. Yeah, um, I think you have to be Jewish to go to one of these things. I don't think you're inviting your Gentile friends to a bar mitzvah. You know, not like not unless really, they were no. really, really no. close friends. Because yeah. you're like a community unto itself. This is this is what I know from watching a lot of TV and movies. <laughs> Uh, but I believe generally, like, probably not in the eighties, especially. There's, yeah. yeah, there's like another community that is like your, your church family. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. So I think I'm right in thinking that in Whitechapel area in London. It's quite a predominantly Jewish uh, people in Whitechapel, and it's now Turkish. I think. I have if, no idea. If, so if, um, yeah, it's just funny how things, yeah, how communities, how communities stick, stick together. Oh yeah, stick together together and change. Well, if you were to move somewhere, you'd probably like even when I moved over here. It's, it's a very small comparison, but let me try and make it. Whenever I moved over here at first, a lot of us were Canadian teachers, and we all hung out together. Yeah, on the weekends and things like that, we'd meet up as a group and we'd go do things as a group. And being in a strange place, I didn't know these people before I moved over here, but we had this thing in common. We were all Canadians in this new country that we were in. What do you think about this new country, eh? Yeah, like 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 (laughs) we we didn't we didn't have any language barriers. Uh, Most of us, um, most of us were white. We weren't entirely white, but most of us were white. So those sorts of things were one of the things that make you different. Very little besides the fact that we were just a different nationality and we had an accent you know yeah. what i mean 
Uh, it's not diff- difficult to have a different accent around here anyway, no. is it? <laughs> but take that and then and then go to these even more obvious indicators of difference. Yep. Right? And then, yeah, there'd be a comfort in, in finding yourself around similar people who have similar uh, customs or upbringings or language or all these things, right? So, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got here? Uh, the planning starts, and I've got photo shopping. Those are two words, photo shopping as opposed to Photoshop. Uh, photo shopping. And so he's like, and sh- sh- this woman doesn't recognize him at all. And I'm like, wait, am I supposed to believe you were just getting married last week and you used none of these hookups yourself? Yeah, you thought, wouldn't you? <laughs> like, surely he'd just go, let me take you to everybody who I just tried to do business with. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah, because surely if you have the in, you would have used it for you. Yeah. Just to, it's like he's rich. Clearly, he's, he's saying, <laughs> unless his deal was that he had so little money, he couldn't do this. But let me show you what I would have done if I had a bit more money. Maybe. Potentially. Then give me a but line. But didn't see that. Give me a line. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Also, a lot of venues, like at least ours, will have a list of recommended vendors that they say, these people are great, we've used them before. Yeah, I don't know what... Here's who we recommend. I don't know if it's a... Small town, 80s. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily as streamlined as that anymore. No, 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 but I'm just kind of going, you'd think, because if they use or the same... Then, sorry, I mean. If they use the same few people like the yep. band and stuff you'd think maybe they maybe. would have well, I don't know. yeah they might say here's some people you could recommend or here's people who we, we customarily or you know that other thing of you know well, let's see if we can package ourselves together what's good for you is good for me and we end up doing da, 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 da. oh yeah, yeah. yeah i mean don't get me wrong you walk into a wedding and see which photographers on you know some sometimes they're really lovely and you know the wedding's gonna like run to schedule and other times you see another photographer walk in and right well we're gonna be at least half an hour late because they're gonna spend too yeah. much time taking pictures <laughs> Um, it's full of dramatic irony because this woman who works for the foot photography company thinks they're a couple truly in love and they do this sort of like play fighting brother sister thing. Mm. I'm curious if it was improv. It looked it because it didn't feel like it was that natural necessarily. And it seemed like you were really like he pulls her hair. Like she seemed like she was really surprised by this. Yeah. 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 Um, and so she goes, Oh, I know you're gonna be a couple, you're gonna make it to last, like Donald and Ivana, Woody and Mia, Bert and Lonnie, three of the all time messiest divorces. Worst, yeah. Oh, like I tabloid fodder all the I way. I never through. got that before, but this time round I got it. I would have got Bert and Lonnie, I would have got Donald and Ivana, I wouldn't have gotten Woody and Mia. Oh, Woody Allen and Mia Farrier. Yeah, because yeah, I'd know about them well enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we, they go shopping for wedding bands, and we meet Jimmy Moore, played by John Lovitz. Oh, I love John Lovitz. So the other wedding singer, Georgia. Do you recognize him? Do you recognize him? No. He is in a movie that we've done. Yep. Oh, okay, no, I didn't. Do you remember which movie it is, Liam? A League of Their Own. Yeah, League of Their Own. He's the one he's who the like goes and guy. finds them out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he's really... okay, yeah. And the guy's like, can you take my daughter? He's like, I'm not taking any girls that look like that. <laughs> and then the other girls would be like, you're taking him. You're taking her. You're doing this. He's like, all right. I like John Lovitz. John Lovitz is generally good. We are actually going to skip John Lovitz's one episode he does on Friends because uh, it's not a very good episode um <laughs> but he, yeah he plays this um this guy who hires monica to be a chef at his restaurant and then he's stoned oh uh, yeah yeah because i i think he's much more funnier in bit parts yeah you, you don't want you don't want too much you don't him. want too much john lovitz did you ever see his <laughs> fittingly enough for what we're doing here did you ever see his um cartoon that he had called the critic no oh he so he played like a film critic oh cool I remember there was a crossover between him and uh, and The Simpsons. He appears on their on their show one week. Oh, 
Yeah. I think I do know what you mean. But it was a show unto itself, and then they have them show up for, for like an episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and so, um, uh, Jimmy thanks Robbie for quitting because his business has tripled as a result of this mean-spirited statement. Julie is going to hire a DJ. <laughs> You've made me make up my mind. Uh, they talk. By they, I mean Julie and Robbie. And he wants to be a songwriter. It hasn't come up yet. Uh, he said, well, the song, you got to keep in mind, I'll, I'll play you the song because she wants to hear it. But it's like it's half before we got together, before I, when I was in love still, and half after we broke up. And love she goes, song. well, 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 well I, I, I want to hear it. Have you ever written a song? Nope. I once had a uni assessment that was to write a song but like score it and like do everything as well and I had an absolute breakdown about it and then wrote a song about how I didn't want to write a song That's, that that's great I did, never you, did you finish it, it? No. no I've written like a good like like dozen songs oh wow at some point I do want to get myself a little like recording thing and just try and put them down yeah do it I've done a couple I've, I've got demos of a couple things I've done oh, like nice. my phone will occasionally play my own song back to me oh that's funny so there we are I love this song though in this in this film. Uh, Somebody kill me is the name of the song. He's pretty, been, pretty please. He's been listening to a knees. lot of the Cure. <laughs> it seems like he wrote the verse and then waited on the chorus. And I'm like, would you have stopped there? No, no it's, it's better for the joke. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, he's uh, at which point John Lovitz appears from behind a, a, a curtain. Says, that was funny. He's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits. As the curtain just yeah. goes across. Uh, they go for ice cream and we hear in the background. Surely, you know, the, this band, I'm sure George, I'm curious if you know this one. Every little thing she does is magic. Every little thing turns me on. Liam. I do know the song. Can't think of the, the artist. Sting on the police. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Yep. You just had a different swing on it. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. He, hey, he was a teacher too. He was. He was. He was. Geography teacher, wasn't he? Do you know why he's called Sting? Um, nope. He had, this black like and, he had this black and yellow jumper. Really? And it was striped like a bee, so they called him Sting. That's, it's, that's not, it's not some cool story. It's kind of like, yeah, he just, just had a stripy jumper. In his name, uh, Gordon Sumner or something. I think so. I think you've brought some on the pod before. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, it's a fitting song, because, of course, at this point, he's completely head over heels with her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda wouldn't give Robbie the window seat. And that's when he goes, how do you know it was going to go? He, she goes, well, if you don't mind my asking, what happened with Linda? And he goes, oh, she wouldn't give me the seat. And I'm like, none of it? No, no, she left you at the altar. That's what happened with Linda. Yeah. You yeah. were 100% waking up, ready to get married to her. And when you saw her later that evening after she jilted you, yep. you still, still were like, yeah. I will give you time. When can we get married? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's not what happened. I know you want to set something up for later in the movie. But that's not what happened. Not what happened. No. no. If you want to have that conversation, it's got to be looking back on it. Did you realize? Yeah. That were, were, were there any right? signs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got, yeah. Uh, and then we get to the song, You Making My Dreams Come True. Why is that? Again, I know it. It's like I'm listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncanny, isn't it? <laughs> it was quite good, actually. Uh, no, I it did, was the I copyright did. strike for using the music in the pod. <laughs> oh, wait, it wasn't It wasn't the actual music. That's it was Georgia. It was Georgia. You joke against me. I absolutely can. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really... Uh, I can't remember who it is. You're making my dreams. Come. Oh, Someone's geez. yelling. I mean, everyone's going to be yelling at the <laughs> thing for us. George, back in fact, check corner. Look at this. It's like old oh, times. Wow, see? <laughs> 
Um, so wedding planning is now an eight-person gig because everybody's there to taste the cake. They just want free cake. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the part that everybody comes to. Um, everyone else is trying on wedding dresses. Why? Shits and giggles. The mum tries one on. The cousin tries one on. Alexis tried one on. George tries one on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so George is the character's name. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like... He okay. looks good in that. Okay, do we have it? Uh, Hall of Notes. Oh, oh it is Hall of Notes. Notes. Of course, course it is. Yeah. <sighs> that. <laughs> well, you know, she's a man-eater. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Then, because they're, they're trying everybody else out, they're making the limo driver do like this, like crazy obstacle course. Oh, it's funny. I like that scene. I think it's fantastic. Oh, I do because he's been a jerk, so he, it's a little bit of comeuppance for him. Yeah, I like like you know he's the only limo driver in town. He's like, yeah, but I like I like winding him up. Yeah, you know he's got a job, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that night, Sammy finally realizes that Robbie likes Julia. And the next morning, they're talking. She, she forgot a jacket in the back of the limo. So Robbie goes to return it. And Holly and Julia are talking about first kiss etiquette. Uh, and he says, should there be tongue this in a first a kiss at a, at, at a wedding? And she says, yeah, it should be a little tongue. She goes, little tongue? She goes, okay, maybe a little tongue. Not porno tongue, church <laughs> tongue. It's been a lot of different churches. I have no idea what this means. No. Uh, and she goes, show me. And she mistakes... Uh, she makes Robbie the guinea pig, Holly does, for educational purposes. Now, I thought at this point, Holly, Holly had wisened up and yeah. was trying to create a safe, no one can get mad at you reason for try your kiss out, see if there's a spark. Yeah. But that would make movie, so much sense. And I thought she was totally, because otherwise it yeah. makes no sense. Right. I don't know because she really is like, just go ahead and, and, and go for a kiss. She could have easily done the kiss herself with Adam Sandler, but she's like, I got to see it. Yeah. Conf- uh, I don't get it. No. Right. Again, Meve's got a Because I was serious, like, oh, the, yeah. the, the cousin's in on it. This is nice. That'd have been nice. Yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, and then they do the kiss, and I'm like, because she's like, once you hear it's all for educational purposes. I'm like, okay, so we're all in on the secret now that she's into him, right? We're all just saying what we have to say? Nope. But, but no. the, the way and she not looks even at him. him not even him. Yeah. He doesn't clue in. But the way she looks at him, he should see that. There's this kiss, and I'm like, and they kind of go back for like round two. Like there's a little mm. bit of a first kiss, and then they sort of sink into it yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Liam, Liam had an experience watching this. Um, so I've got my notes. I'm not sure if that's church appropriate, even if the score tells me it is. No, it's not. Um, Robbie instantly confesses because in comes Glenn that he kissed her. Uh, Holly covers and says, no, 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 I did it. At which point I'm still going. Oh, she's covering because she's trying to get these yeah. two kids together. Yeah, makes sense. Glenn's bought Julia a CD player, which I'm sure in 1985 probably was like $700. Yeah, they were. They never really hit off until about 90, 90 91. 91, yeah, something like that. But if you got a CD player in 85, you probably upgraded your player because they were big bulky things that would skip and stuff, and the lasers weren't great when you first got them. But the CD itself, you could have had for... I'm trying to think when CDs kind of stopped being everywhere. 20 years? 2005? Later than that? Later, later than that. Later than that. Later than that. that. Yeah. 30 years? I've seen... I've 2015? Seen. Ah, it feels a bit too late. Uh, yeah, too late. 2010? Uh, 2010, yeah. 2010. Before, probably I moved over here. Yeah. Yeah. My car, does it have a CD player? It does. The next vehicle I buy won't have a CD player. No, right? exactly. No. Yeah. New or used. Player. Yeah. Yeah. Mine That's doesn't. sad. 
Mine's a 16 plate, hasn't got a CD player. Hasn't got a CD player? Nope. Yeah, sad. I, like, I, I've think, listened to a I CD think about now. it, here's the, I'm not even sure if I have a CD player or not. I don't uh, think you have. Mine's a 15, because all I do is use Bluetooth. Oh, okay. Or USB, you know what I mean? When Did I you had, imagine me using that? When I had my first vehicle, had a USB stereo, I was like, this is... To die for. Because I was buying like all sorts of equipment to like make it like... I have this like antenna that I plug into the bottom of my phone, and then it connects to a radio station. <laughs> I remember having a Discman set up to a... It would go to a cord, so the, 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 the headphone jack would go to this like cassette-looking thing, yep. and you'd put it in, and the real wire coming out of it, and it would trick your car into thinking it had a cassette, and therefore it would play the CD through the ah. speakers. See, I'd never thought that. Well, it was, it was kind of a th- thing you had if you had a vehicle that was too old because you want to play CDs. I can remember um, having a six-disc changer in the back of the boot. I never had that. I was always like, wow. And then I was like, it's a, you have to kind of know what six CDs you want to listen to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But once I could get like podcasts and listen to that as I drove, I'm like, game changer. Yeah. Total game changer. I, I don't know how to do that. Because for me, it was, I worked, before I got into teaching, I worked in a car factory, as I think I've shared before. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the midnight shift, like that was rough because I could listen to talk radio during the day and sports talk radio was all right. In the evening, it tended to give me a lot of American talk radio and I didn't really care about college basketball. No, You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. like, I need podcasts. And once I could actually hook a podcast up and listen to post wrestling and all those sorts of things, I was like, giddy up. I'm on my way. That was a hallelujah moment. That was post wrestling before they were post wrestling. They were working for another, for another outlet at that point before they went independent. But yeah, so like podcast just check because it's, you listen to music if you're exhausted for me, that's going to put me, uh, puts me to sleep. Yeah. But a conversation, something I can keep track of, something that interests me, keeps me awake. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm the opposite. Sense. Really? Yeah, no. If I'm, if I'm tired, if it's just talking, I will zone out. If it's music, if it's music that I don't really know or don't really like, I will zone out. So if I have to drive when I'm tired, I will put on songs that I can absolutely belt out in the car and will just sing my little heart out whilst I drive home. It keeps me awake. Uh, total game changer. I remember having to do some long haul drives and stuff like that. Once I discovered podcasts, I was like, oh, two episodes of the podcast and I'm I'm where I want to be. Mm. As opposed to, isn't it a radio? How many commercial breaks you're sitting through? How many, you know? So yeah, I, I haven't listened to, I haven't listened to mainstream radio as far as like, like music radio, almost never, except for when I was like driving with someone else in the car. Because I always feel so rough to when you're driving with someone to go, listen to my podcast. No, no. <laughs> Not best film ever, though. <laughs> Although I do listen to a lot of it in the car just to, to quality check and make sure that what we're doing is is, is where I think it is. But there's another podcast as well. But that if podcast this, if is very. If this wasn't your podcast, would you listen to yourself? Would I? Would I listen? Well, I'd be know. I'd be such a fan of best film ever. <laughs> such a fan. Oh, I'd be telling me about this great podcast. I just wouldn't found. be funny though if you could. You know, you don't know, right? Do the same as Ethan and Quantum Leap Forward and. Uh, rather than to the past and listen to your own If podcast. someone could give me like the Men in Black flashy thing, and I'd be like, yeah. oh, who are these people? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's those other little... <laughs> I don't Did know. you know, I, I, I've said this before on the podcast, when, when I'm on it and I listen to myself, I'm not as engaged as I am when I'm not on it. Okay. I'm more engaged listening to you guys when I'm not on it. My favorite part about listening back is when I'm going, oh, I wish I'd said this. And, and then I do. say that same thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, apparently I did. Uh, <laughs> so that's the thing. The, the real frustrating thing is when you go, oh, I should have gone here. And yeah, I didn't. But did. for the most yeah. part, no, I'm generally all right with it. Um, 
Where are we at here? Uh, I was just talking about CD players. Uh, Holly wants to date Robbie. Julia isn't thrilled. I'm like, how did you? Like, what is any of this? This made, so it's not it even makes, like they shot this and then they went, oh, we'll change the script and we'll do this. This is all in the same scene. Yeah, I don't get it. It'd have been no, I don't. It'd have been better if she had been in on it. Yeah, because what's the cousin getting out of it by that? Yeah, practice your kiss on this guy who's not your like. If if we know Glenn's coming around, you can practice with Glenn in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah, it just didn't make. It was a reason to get them the kiss. Yeah. Oh, um, and so they decide they're gonna get a double date, and uh, this is after uh, Robbie's left, uh, and they go, "Oh, that guy needs to get laid." She goes, just because they're I'm dating someone doesn't mean he'll get laid. And they look at her, and she goes. Well, it doesn't guarantee it. Now, there's nothing wrong with being sex positive. No. Um, I think there's some, it's not overt, but I think there's some intimation that this is a character flaw on her part. Mm. Yeah, there is, yeah. Yeah. Um, where are we at next? Uh, oh, we go to a double date. It's some yeah. 80s nightclub. Holly's very tactile. Uh, as a result, Julie is drinking. Uh, Glenn scoping out the waitress's backside. Holly thinks. Uh, don't you think Robbie? That, like she's trying so hard, too hard. I've never had a date like this. No, no. Um, and so then they realize that both Julia and uh, Robbie love David Bowie. That feels in the eighties like that shouldn't be such a unique thing that they both love David <laughs> no. Bowie. No. Uh, he was huge around about that time. Glenn doesn't like sing-alongs. I'm like, oh, pff, I don't know what to do with that. No. Uh, Holly thinks Robbie's sexy. And uh, Julie uh, needs to go puke because she's been drinking away her feelings. Uh, so the girls leave to take care of Julia. Uh, Robbie sees Glenn checking out the waitress's backside and talks him, talks him up, tr- tricks him. With his, uh, with his words. When Adam Sandler's the smart character of the two, I don't care if he went to NYU or not. No. Like, without even trying, because he's going to tell us later in the movie, I knew you had a crush on her, then why would you cop to all of this? Exactly. You so wouldn't, stupid. would you? Like, even the optics going like, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff. You know, Now, once he gets, starts to play, you couldn't get hotter than that. Then I'm okay with it, because I'm like, all right, his bravado would make him say... I can deal with a character who's that stupid. Not the character who's like, what do you think of that? That's, that's a nice back. Yeah, it's a nice backside. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really buy it. But he calls it prime A grade prime grade B meat for or meat or something like yeah. that. That's important. This is going to come back. Later, yeah. yeah. And I got news for you. So he gets him to say, yeah, I cheated just 10 days ago, and I'll keep cheating even when I'm married because I work in the city. I'm like, okay, if you're my romantic rival, I'm not giving you any of this stuff. No. Um. And if I'm supposed to dislike Glenn, they made a huge mistake in the next scene because he's taking care of her and he goes, uh, Robbie's like, she's wearing, oh, I got puke in my hair. Does my hair smell like puke? And it's an excuse from the smell of her hair and goes, nah, your hair smells nice. And uh, then Glenn pulls up in a DeLorean. Yeah, DeLorean. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm on Team Glenn for the rest of this movie. Because <laughs> it's not his fault he's cheating because where he's going, he don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> just flames uh check out uh our very our episodes first. on episode number one back to yeah. the future there we go an anniversary party and Anniver- yeah anniversary party uh march 12th 2013 geez that's not right no. uh 2021 and then our second anniversary birthday party uh like the same day 2022 yep yep um so driving holly home holly can't so i can't stop thinking about that soft kiss 
Um, they get to in front of her door, and she goes for it, and she kisses him, and she goes, yummy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. No. So gross. She invites Robbie up, and in case he didn't figure out what that meant, she went, look, I'll make it easy on you. If you come upstairs, you're going to get laid. Yeah, didn't need to say that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, she's she's being overt with what she wants. Yeah, but that's all, all right. We all knew they hinted to that. Yeah, I think it's the idea that can you say no? Can you say no to a hey? Do you want to come upstairs? No, I'm busy. No, no. Let's make this clear. I'm saying this. Oh, okay. It's another level of because huh, you know what's gonna, it's the part of the romantic comedy where the, the final obstacle shows up where there's a misunderstanding. Yeah. So what's it going to be? And I'm like, oh, is it this? Does he go in and does something else happen, or does she claim that she slept with him and she doesn't do and she actually doesn't? What's the obstacle that's to come? Yeah. Um, Holly picks up at this point that Robbie's got a thing for Julia, probably because he keeps talking about how bad Glenn is. Yeah. Uh, and she goes, but then Holly's messed up. She goes, you know why she's marrying him? No why? It's the money and the security. But why yeah. would she say that if she she knows that's not right? She hasn't. A, she doesn't know that. B, we haven't seen the side of her the whole movie. No. Now, for one moment, has she come across as this materialistic woman? Like, when the CD player shows up, she's like, oh, show me. Oh, what's this? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no other sign of this. No. Nope. So, you know, and she goes, he goes, the money and security, that's important to some people, huh? And she goes, all people. And he goes, well, I guess I'm on the wrong thing. Now, I mean, no, she wanted to take him upstairs. Now, I'm not saying she wanted to date him as a boyfriend or as a, or as a husband, but... But we're led to believe that um, Robbie is this nice guy who gives singing lessons for meatballs, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. Why does he then turn now? You wouldn't change your whole character and demeanor for somebody, would you? I wouldn't. It didn't even work with his last girlfriend, though. Linda, is that her name? Linda, mm. yeah. Like, Linda wasn't up for it. And then he's like, okay, well, what about this then? And that doesn't, you know, and then, and then you know, Julia, that's going to be her big thing. Like, you can get her to like you, but she's not going to marry you because they're going to marry people who can provide for them. I don't think that's a trope that's gone away. Yeah. I know too many people that settled. I'm on, I'll tell you what, I'm on, I'm on, well, I'm not on TikTok. Um, uh, I'm on Facebook. And <laughs> it's been showing a lot of TikTok videos, but it's full of all these women who are saying things like, no, the man has to make at least this much money for me to go with him. Really? It's, oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a scary vehicle into the values of some people. I'm not that way. I'm not that way. No. Um, no. I, it, if I'm going to spend a lifetime with someone, it's got to be a spark. In, in about settling for, you know, a nice house, a car. I don't know if they're saying it's settling. I think they think they can have it all. Mm. But they'll disqualify you if you don't meet this first marker financially. Yeah. The big things are height, yeah. money. Yeah. Spark first. It does go the other way as well. Though. What? <laughs> like um, for a lot of videos you see of guys be like, uh, boobs, she can't be taller than me. She can't make more money than me. She has to be able to drive. She has to have her own place. She has oh, to do the... Again, that, that, that goes... That it, it does go oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this idea of to be... I mean, it's a very old world thing that you need to have security. I mean, that feels antiquated in the sense of a world before women really had careers. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you know... What are, it, it's very, it feels very, you know, Victorian. Mm. Oh, you yeah, know? no, I don't subscribe to it. But oh. there, is, there is something easier sometimes in dating someone who you know makes more money than you because a lot a lot of men don't like it when if a woman makes more money than them. Mr. Darcy's on 15000 a year. <laughs> um, How dare he? Yeah, I, I've never been in the situation where um, I made less money than the person I was with. 
but I don't think it would bother me if I'd be like score because <laughs> I know how much money I make. So I'm like, if you can do better than that, we're we're doing all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I do okay, but it wouldn't bother me. I don't do stop. No one. You're never gonna become like we're stonkingly rich being being a teacher. It's just not gonna happen. No. But if you can be in Canada, you get paid better than you do here. And couples where like they're both teachers, geez, Louise, like lots Scholars of disposable income. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, are they paid more over there because they leave more and come over here? No, they leave oh. and come over here because there's no jobs over there. Oh, there's no okay. jobs over there because they pay too well, so no one leaves. Oh, okay. And when you do leave, you go back and become a supply teacher. So you can't because in Canada you have to be a supply teacher for so long because the way the unions work. Yep, you have to be a supply for so long before you can even apply for long term cover, and you have to do that before you can become a full time teacher. Wow. So. But the problem is when people leave the profession, they go back and they rejoin the su- the supply teacher ranks. So they're getting their pension and they're getting daily supply rates. And it's like, yo, when you got on the bus at the start of your career, there are people on the other end getting off. Yeah. I don't mind. If you want to teach, I don't want to take away your job. Please continue teaching. But don't do this thing where you retire and you don't. And that was my big issue. Here's a question for you. You're okay. both British and Canadian. I am. You're dual. Um, would you ever go back to Canada and work and... I don't think so. Or do you class, 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 class this as I used then. to say I have no long-term plan. I, I have a medium-term plan. I think I have a long-term plan. My long-term plan's here. Because if you were going to go back, you would have gone back a few years back. I imagine so, yeah. Like, the good news is uh, if I were to go back, um, my years of experience here would count towards any uh, pay s- salary scale yeah, ladder yeah, 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 yeah. there is. So I think it takes 11 years to get the top rate in Canada as a teacher. Yeah. So I'd be there. This is my eleventh year teaching, so I would automatically go. Okay, there you go, top of the top of the ladder, and do okay. If once I could get once I could get on, that's the hard part's getting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, who knows? In five years, if the economy completely tanks and things are better, or if there's all of a sudden a teacher shortage in Canada because they made too many teachers. Now I'm at, I imagine no one's getting into teaching programs in Canada because why would you? Because everyone's heard the horror stories about how you can't get a job. Yeah, true. Yeah, I imagine. But unless it's the property that's crying out for it, and I have to be profoundly just just not in it right now, uh, had enough, whatever the case might be, uh, because it would mean reinventing everything. I mean, it would mean it would, again yeah. all these friendships and yada 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 um, gone. Yeah, that would be that would be difficult. And that's easier, I guess, leaving your home country. Well, just you come back to a home country, <laughs> but if you're leaving one country to another country in your twenties. Is different to doing it in your forties, fifties. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because you've established more connections. Yeah, where you are, and those shared sort of narratives. I mean, in your twenties, yeah. you're coming out of uni, you're doing whatever that. That's already a season of change and temporariness, anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to do, that, if I'd waited five years and then come over, well, that's different because I spent five years building a life. Yeah. But when you're out of uni, it's like the expectations. You're going somewhere. You don't know where it is, but you know, put down roots somewhere. Yeah. It's just rather than be, you know, an hour away from where I went to school or three hours away from where I went to school. It's it's just across an ocean. That's all. Yeah. I got a friend who's in Russia doing some teaching. I got all sorts of people all over the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great to stay in touch and see kind of what's what's going on. Yeah. I admire you because I've moved away from Lynn before several times. Well, a couple of times. And I got homesick so bad. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a Lynn lad and will always be that. I know something in my disposition where, uh, I mean, I lived here in Phoenix when I was 20, right? So yeah. 
I think about a thing where I'm all right. I situate myself where I am, and that's my normal. And as long as I've got support systems and I'm not just miserable, yeah, um, then I don't really get homesick. I got homesick when I was in Phoenix. I remember that. I was homesick because I think there was a clear distinction between um, between the American lifestyle and the Canadian lifestyle. And I also think that the rest of the people who were in the program were largely from wealthy backgrounds. Oh, okay, yeah. And there weren't a whole lot of us who were, uh, I'm going to use the word poor. <laughs> and so it really felt like you would FOMO all the time because people are going out and doing all these things and going yeah. to Starbucks and yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, watching, I'm watching cable at home again or whatever it was because that's what, that's what I had money for. I had enough money to sort of get through the program and that was it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you came over and I'm glad you're still here. Oh, well, bless you. Yeah. Be an awfully jerk thing if you said the other thing. We should never come. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. But. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I think you were going to say the first time I walked in and you thought my American accent was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't distinguish between Canadian and American. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Wait, now I think I could. Really? Because I have a hard time with it. I think I could a little bit. Um, where are we at here? Uh, the next morning... Uh, Julia's hung over and wants to know what happened between her cousin and and uh, Robbie. Robbie. We kissed who kissed who. And then she asks, why are you marrying Glenn? And I think the spark hits her. She goes over to interrupt the singing lesson, the meatball singing lesson. Uh, except it's not a singing lesson day because Robbie's gone because he wants to work with a bank. But we get a cut to an interview, and it's Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon was a Saturday Night Live alumnus. Oh, okay. Of Same Adam as Sanders. Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, he's quite good in that regard. He's also in Weeds. He was a recurring character on that. It was very funny. Is this also the same building that Cameron Diaz go into in The Mask? I haven't seen The Mask. Oh. All the way through. It looked very similar. Is it? Yeah, look, I don't know. We don't know where it is, just the city. We weren't even told which city it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes, do you have any experience? He goes, no, I have no experience. But I am a big fan of money. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll work really hard for you. And, of course, that's not going to work. And uh, three meatballs of less. And then we get the song. The best things in life, life are free. free. But you can tell it to, to the, the birds, birds and bees. bees. I need money. money. What other movie that we reviewed <laughs> had this song in it? That's what I want. Ferris Bueller. No, good guess. Um, wrong decade. Wrong decade. Oh, uh, yeah. Empire Records. Empire Records for all your Empire needs. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Razzie Awards. Turn, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Robbie is back uh, from his bank. She gives him a hard time. This is like a, a, the most manufactured of fights. She gives him a hard time about going after the money. He says, hey, we're living in a material world, and I'm a material girl or, or boy. Uh, and then he attacks her for being materialistic. And have these people ever just stopped just, like, saying things that script you, writers tell them to do and just have just a conversation? Yeah. yeah. Could you do that? Why'd you come over? I came over for this? Yeah, yeah I, I thought so. But, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking through some things. But instead, they dial it up to, to tens on each other. They do, yeah. And get accusatory. And, uh, and – at any point, they're in the, each other's presence at any given time. When have they ever seen that materialistic no, side? No, it was such a manufactured fight. So much so. Um, she throws a present in the air. It's sheet music templates of his name at the top. She calls him an asshole. He looks and he goes, she's right. I am an asshole. He goes to the bar. Uh, Sammy finds him and Robbie's like, hey, Sammy, you're a genius. Different girl every night. And look at you. You're happy. I'm going to do that. 
You like Fonzie. Yeah, you like Fonzie. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And, you know, I'll give him some cab money, but, you know, because I feel bad if I didn't. But outside of that, and he goes, I'm unhappy. All I want is someone to hold me. Hold me now. And I think this is the idea of he's got an arc. Yeah. He's the guy who talks a game, but he's really not this guy. He's playing a caricature. He's probably been playing since since high school. Yep. Um, And he goes... Uh, he tells don't, don't don't let her get away, and so he goes down to um, he goes down to Julia's house. Julia's talking to her mom. She asks her mom, "Do you really like Glennon? Yeah, he's handsome. He's rich. He's he's you know classy. All these words for he's got money. Yeah, and she's not sure. Um, and she starts crying a bit. And I've got no one cries like Drew Barrymore cries. But then I did notice when she cries and talks. Georgia, you've got a thing that when you cry and talk, mm. that's actually very Drew Barrymore about it. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I just can't breathe. I thought it was. I thought it was endearing. So if that oh, means anything, that. okay. I, I, I was once did, called cute when I was. Crying. I was just say, didn't you once have a young gentleman who thought yeah. he was complimenting you by saying you're attractive when you cry? Oh, you look so cute when you cry. I'm like, oh. red flags, red flags, red flags, red flags. <laughs> I'll tell you what this film does do to me. When Drew Barrymore does cry, I start to well up a little. Adira? Yeah. I think she's adorable. That's about it. Yeah. Mum thinks it's cold feet, I, I think. Uh, the veil's upstairs, so she goes to go upstairs. I think she said upstairs. I thought she said downstairs. Oh, did she? Okay, that would make more sense, because when um, Adam Sandler's character, Robbie, uh, walks by, he sees her up in the window, and she's like perfectly like lit for one yeah secondly he can see a great sight line i don't know what angle he's looking he'd have to be in the middle of the road to get that angle because if you're at the sidewalk it's just too much of a vertical but he sees her and what she's doing is she's introducing herself in the mirror and one is as glenn's wife and one is as robbie's wife and when it's glenn's wife she's crying and when it's robbie's wife she's smiling but he sees this and of course from the outside she hasn't got that speaker installed outside yet so he doesn't know what she's saying and of course does that thing where it's like if you just have a conversation just lay it on the table. Yep. Here's how I feel. I'm Mrs. Julia Gulia. <laughs> yes. Um, and so... It might be the funniest joke in the entire film. Robbie bumps into Glenn out with other women. I'm like, this is a small town, we're told. Like, how is he keeping this a secret? Exactly. Well, it's not just Robbie who's keeping her mouth shut. It's like, everybody in the town has to be in on this. Yep. Because uh, he says, I work in the city. That's, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Robbie then gets punched out by Glenn because the old guy tries to interfere. Um, Do you think uh, Robbie would have been able to take him out if that was a fair fight? I mean, the movie wants me to say yes. Uh, does every bad guy in, a, in an Adam Sandler movie have to look like Shooter McGavin? Yeah. Because he looks just like him again. <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah. Uh, Linda is, I mean, let's look at mine. It's always a rich guy. So Sandler presents himself as the everyman. Which he's not. Right, but he presents himself he as the does, everyman. He does. Like he doesn't present himself as a university graduate ever. No. He's the, he's the guy with no education, no training. Da 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 da. And he's always up against the you know the rich guy, the pampered guy who abuses his power, who's bad to women. But isn't that weird? Because the same with the music. So when the Beatles came out, they were relatively poor. You know, they went from yep. a, a higher class background. They were from a poorer background, and. Yeah, they present themselves in suits. Well, that was a George Martin call. And, you know, sharp haircuts, yeah, you know, yeah. looking good. And then the Stones... Went the opposite way. Completely opposite way. Because the Beatles originally were... Le- you look at Hamburg, it was leather jackets. Yeah, yeah. And one of the first things George Martin said was, we had to clean you up. Yeah. yeah, we had to clean you up. Yeah. Um, 
and the bow and get off stage. If you want more on this sort of stuff, go listen to our episode on that thing you do. Yeah, great. Crazy. That was a good episode, actually. Um, I still listen to the CD you got me. Do you? I love it. I got news for you. I've already bought one of your Christmas gifts already. <gasps> I have. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> when, it, when it hits you, you'll be like, okay, I got I to gotta, I gotta act on this. <laughs> um, so... Uh, where are we at here? There we are. Linda is waiting for Robbie when he comes home and he's drunk and goes, I don't want to be alone anymore. And I'm like, wow, I've been here. Yeah. I've been here in my life. But then he passes out on the lawn because I thought he was going to go sleep with her. I thought uh, the movie was yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. This bit like hits someone, someone who will hold me, someone who will tell me they want to be with me. And remember, at the start, he was willing to wait forever. Yep. Right? Yep. The next morning, Julia has a cute car that only Drew Barrymore could get away with driving. This little yellow 1980s thing. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and I love her pink dress. I do. But she's definitely a character from a 90s in, in an 80s movie. Yep. That is not a 1980s dress. No. In the slightest. If anything, it's a 2000s dress um, in 98. So go go figure. Uh, Julia. And if you want any more fashion tips, come and see Ian on, or listen to Ian oh, on yeah, my fashion podcast. podcast. Jeez. <laughs> I, would, I would pay to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, me I'm, too. I'm trying to think you, of what I would call it. trying to do a fashion podcast would be hilarious. Oh, and geez. have you seen the heels that she's in? this season oh. <laughs> heels are in this season folks uh, florals for spring <laughs> Ta-da. julia rings the door and angela answers again this would be benefited if you had the proper conversation now of course angela's not going to linda, linda is not going her, her real character her real name of the actress is angela oh, okay. um, linda's not going to tell her the truth but it would just be a little bit more Drew Barrymore's character t- takes this and j- just kind of runs with it. Yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, trying no, to wave no, you on. No, yeah, you were, you were, but yeah. I was just trying to see what you said. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, when she answers the door, uh, when Linda answers the door, she knows that Drew Barrymore's coming to see him. I, I guess the key thing for Drew Barrymore's character is that she's wearing the Van Halen t-shirt, which must be a him. It, 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 it's, that, it's, that it's that old up, girlfriend it, side. It comes up later, it? doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so she says, oh, he's in the shower. And I'm sort of we go on okay. I need to have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would, you would, you would say, well, actually, I just want to talk to him. Although the last moment they had, they had that big fight, didn't they? And she called him an asshole and threw the sheet music up in the air. Yeah, true. Um, and so uh, he turns out he's not in the shower. He's in bed, and he's uh, asleep. And he wakes up and he sees that she's a. Uh, Wearing his Van Halen. He says, t-shirt. "Why are you here? Yeah, why well, took care of you?" He's like, "Yeah, I yeah, I need that. I don't need that." No. Um, she says, "I can de- learn to deal with the fact that you're just a wedding singer." And he's <gasps> like, "What? Uh, no, we're not having that." And so he tells her to get out and says, "Please get out of my Van Halen T-shirt before you jinx the band and they break up." Which, of course, <laughs> is do. what they do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Back at Glenn's, she decides she doesn't want a big wedding. She wants to go to Vegas. I've got my notes. It's literally a few days away. It turns out it's literally the next day. So that you're going to go to Vegas. We go to the 50th anniversary party where we're getting till there was you. The music man. Oh, shit. That's where it's from. I'll tell you what, though, right? Our voices, as you you age, um, they do wither a bit in how how you... But she sung this really lovely. Yep. I don't know how old she was, but we'll, I suppose we'll get to the age game. At right? least 35. Um, <laughs> Glenn and Julia are at the airport, and he hears her voice in his head about growing 
up. Sorry, Glenn Drew at, at the airport, pause. Robbie then at, at, the, at the concert looks at the couple who's been 50 years married and remembers something sh- that Julia said earlier in the movie about just the person who you can see yourself growing old with. And he's like, I gotta go get her. As he's walking out, convenient Holly is convenient. Says that, uh, you know, I heard you're back with your ex-girlfriend. He goes, no, well, you know, Julia thinks you are, so you better go. They're going to Vegas. And then we cut to the the, the granny going, the hip hop, hop, the hip hip hop, to the hippity hoppity. That's from the trailer. Yes. That's absolutely, I think yeah, it might be the last I, thing on I the trailer. That. That's 100% the trailer. I remember that, yeah. I uh, remember going to my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary party. Did they rap? No. Okay. Do you know who can do this rap? Like, she learnt it, Sandra Bullock. Okay. She learnt this song to win over a guy when she was in high school. <laughs> and she can sing it. As you do. Yeah. It's like Daniel Radcliffe doing the alphabet rap, isn't it? It's, like, it's a bit of a funny sure. tidbit. Yeah, absolutely. But I only saw this um, uh, Sandra Bullock thing today. And so it was just funny how that kind of tied in with the episode. That's actually quite timely, yeah. Serendipitous. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was last week. Uh, we go to Vegas Air. Not a real airline, folks. Uh, flock of seagulls behind the counter. And I was fine with it until he says, hey, do you know Flock of Seagulls? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, you had me. It. You didn't have to say it. No. no. Leave it. Yeah. Um, so on the plane, uh, Julia wants to swap seats with Glenn. Uh, oh, that'd been funny if he'd have said, um, "Oh, sorry, the plane's been grounded." Why is that? Because a flock of seagulls. Oh. <laughs> Bad strike. Uh, he he has an issue with his elbows getting smashed. I'm right there with him, actually. Uh, whenever I do the overnight flight back from Toronto to to, to, to London, if I'm on the aisle, I usually don't mind that aisle. I like kind of, but I can't sleep because every time I try and sleep, the some hippie waitress and i don't sorry stewardess and i don't mean this in the sense of like she's from the 60s i mean she's got hips either her hips will crash into me when she walks down the aisle or the drink absolutely i get my shoulder every time it's so and i'm just like i don't know if i gotta choose change the airlines i fly with or what the deal is but just once i want to fly overnight and get i'm not being hyperbolic at all get any sleep whatsoever i can't sleep on i have I've never, I've never slept, slept going time. from Toronto to London. I've slept from, weirdly, I've slept from London to Toronto just fine. Really? Yeah. I can't sleep on a plane. Which is weird because one's an overnight flight. I think it's because I'm anxious because I know I have to, I'll have to drive or take the train or do something home that I have to be alert for the next two and a half, three hours. Okay. Whereas when I'm flying to Canada, I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's daylight. It doesn't matter. My day would be going on anyway, as opposed to I need to be up for a day and a half straight. I've tried everything. I've tried taking medication. I've tried. The only thing that really ever worked was getting like lights out drunk (laughs) to the point where maybe they they shouldn't have let me on the plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think my next move is going to be, I'm going to drop. Yeah. It's probably worth it. I will drop 25, 30 pounds and just get a couple of whiskeys and just see if that'll get me to sleep. Do you know what I don't like about flying long distance is when they say to you, you know, you could get blood clots, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You should get up, move about. When you're actually on the plane and you get up and you move about, they go, oh, get back into your seat. You know, don't keep me around the plane. You're like, but they told me to. This is the cockpit, sir. Please get out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I'm flying. <laughs> yeah, you are, Timmy. <laughs> you're flying real good. <laughs> hey, Captain. <laughs> 
I've never flown long haul, so I don't know. I'll just oh, tell you what was, what was really quite funny, though. On the flight to and from France, they'll be like, they'll be doing the announcements and they'll be like, and airtime today will be approximately 35 minutes. Yeah. That's the only, that's all you're in the air for. Yeah. It was, it was mad. Oh, the only good thing you, I like about You don't long, even level out, you just be up, down. The only thing yeah. I like about um, long haul flights is the meaties. Yeah, um, and also in a world that we live in now where uh, iPads and phone, like flying before was just a different experience. I remember once I was flying to, oh, it must have been, I want to think I was flying to England, but it's where the other way around. But anyway, we went to get up and I had I lined up. I looked at the little iPad thing in front of me, right? I go, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch. Usually you get about three movies in if you're going yeah, from yeah. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got my three movies. I'm lined up. Maybe I'll do two and I'll sleep here, yada, yada, yada. And as we go to get up, I'm at the very back of the plane. And as we go to get up, this oh, thing, God. and you see, there's like this little, little whoosh, 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 and all the back half of the plane, all of our TVs turn off. Wow. We lose power to all of them. Wow. Front half of the plane. Fine. Sound as a pound. So they give us like these little like six pound like gift vouchery kind of thing. Like, here's some Pringles. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Pringles don't mean anything. Get get in front and act me out a play. That's what I want. <laughs> I want to see Hamlet. You guys <laughs> you guys are season four, episode five of Friends. All right. <laughs> I want the one where they have the contest with the board. Go ahead and act it out for me, please. Funny. That's what I want. You I want to see Ross's fly. girlfriend get balded. <laughs> At the end, they were like, so this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're about to start our descent into London Heathrow. So at this point, we're going to ask you to turn off all of your television screens at the front. I literally went, <laughs> I literally said, so this point, I'm done. I'm like, he's taking the piss. And he, I'm like, no, you are not. Send people to tell them. Do not mock me with this. I'm so angry. Of course, there's nothing you can do about it. Just don't rub my face in it. No, yeah. Because I've had to watch for eight hours. I'm like trying to squint, going, "What are they watching?" (laughs) (laughs) It's like everybody's got a thumbnail on a YouTube video, and I'm like, "What's going on?" I want to watch you yeah. watching that. <laughs> Can I get like when you like do the preview on YouTube and it gives you like the uh, like little uh, captions about yeah, what they're yeah. talking about? It's kind of like trying to watch everybody else go. What are they doing there? Is that oh, right? Well, I had so much fun watching you. Because back yeah. in the day as well, like even when it, it does work, like the weird part is you're always a little bit nervous if you watch a movie if it has like a sexy part you weren't expecting because <laughs> you don't want to be the one sitting there kind of like watching like a sex scene like looking around but the thing worse than that is the person chooses something with like the long sex scene and they're just sitting there eating popcorn i'm like dude there's children on this flight what are you doing so, have yeah. you ever seen um what the like premium class virgin atlantic plane seats look like no i've no. never seen i've not seen it in real life but the, like, i've seen videos of them and people flying in them and they are insane. The chairs are like single seats yeah. and literally turn into beds yeah. and have like cupboard space. I have watched uh, a couple of videos of it and I'm like, oh. I need to stop doing this because if I ever fly again, I don't want to know people are experiencing this yeah. while I'm struggling. Apparently though, with like, if you book, I don't know how accurate this is, if you book Virgin Atlantic, if you just book like premium economy or economy, if you watch the price for upgrades, they like go up and down so you can get an upgrade for quite cheap if you like keep keep track of them. I guess it's, yeah, I don't know what, what the price points were for them for doing it. Like, if you're going to do one, like a long-haul flight's the one to do it for, because oh, that's that's worth it, yeah. yeah. I've never been on a plane that's had different classes, so. Oh, no? No. 
I've been on a plane where you can like get speedy boarding or uh, like yeah. extra leg room, but extra leg room, but never back in the day you could get. A, oh, just when I figured it out, like everybody cottoned on and they went, "Okay, we're gonna charge for it now." Because back in the day, you just go, "Yeah, can I? Is there? A, is there like a fire thing? Yeah, we can get you that. All right, great." And it was never like even like 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 like, like I never pay anything extra for it. And then all of a sudden they just went, oh, we can get more money from this. Well, the, yeah. Cha-ching. One of my favorite things was with um, EasyJets, who we flew with, which they were absolutely fine, didn't have an issue with them. But when you like do your check-in, you can pick your seats. Yeah. Um, and they, it'll cost you at least a fiver to pick your seats, each seat, each way. Um, and I said, nah, it's fine. It's literally 45 minute plane ride. We don't need to. We don't need to be sat next to it. If we're not sat to it, it doesn't matter. I clicked through and let them pick for me, and we were sat, we were put next to each other both ways. So I've saved us like at least thirty quid by not not choosing them. It's, yeah, it's that really won't, silly. That won't bother me. Either. I remember at one point I was coming from Toronto back home, and uh, I think I paid the extra money and went. I want to have. I think it was like there's the. It was like two halves to it. I was in the front row before, like after first class. Yep. So or whatever, there a uh, bit whatever more the room, curtain, isn't there? and there was a leg room a little bit more. So if it yeah. comes out from beside you rather than in front of you, uh, but it turned out the next two seats beside me were empty, and I was like, I might luck out and get the whole thing to myself. That'd been cool. I did. Hey, but then I hear someone going. I heard this this little kid go, "I'm a boy," and I look up and yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's probably pretty accurate. I would probably, <laughs> that is the conventional look of what a boy would would be. And I look up, it's one of my colleagues. And it's not a colleague who lives in Canada. It's a colleague who must have been in Canada for like a vacation. Wow. What are the odds I would have ended up on the same flight as them? That's nuts. The husband looks at me because his kid's like, like wired. He's like, <laughs> he's so he's, he's the spouse of the, my colleague. He goes, oh, I'm going to come up here and sit with you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no, you're not. I paid extra for the seat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ain't giving, unless you're paying the money, I ain't giving these away. No. Still didn't get any sleep. Thought for sure I was going to get sleep that time. Wow. Yeah. I never can sleep on a plane. No. My sister fell asleep on the flight to France. Wow. That is nuts. <laughs> so that's the deal. Put me in a put me watching the Super Bowl out like a light. Right? <laughs> yeah. On a plane, nothing to in, to even slightly um interest me or engage me. Lovely white noise the the whole way through, right? And still can't get a lick of sleep. So I could have slept, but my friend Kaylee, who we went with, was, was a little bit nervous about flying, so I stayed awake with her. So. There you go. I could, I could have easily had 20 minutes on the plane. Uh, we go back to first class. Billy Idol's on the flight in first class. Yeah. Uh, Julia's elbow is in coach gets smashed, and Glenn's like, hey. So at this point, you know her elbow gets smashed too. So actually, you not wanting to get your elbow smashed is a little bit selfish. Yep. Because she wants to see the Vegas strip from the air. It's the same thing as the Grand Canyon. He says, next time they do it, you can get me a Heineken. And I'm like, if you're a Heineken, do you want to be associated with this guy? Or are you like, I'd rather not. I'm trying to figure out if this is like a, a plug or if this is like a character thing. I don't know. It, the line easily could have just been, can you get me a beer? Yeah, so Heineken was an interesting choice. Yeah. It was. Um, Billy Idol and the rest of the first class then are listening to his story. And Billy's like, Oh, oh, he cares about his material possessions. And he goes, to him, women are possessions. <laughs> and I'm like, let's just get Billy Idol a seat at the table for the next pod. That's what I'm talking about. I'd love to get Billy Idol on there. Um, Billy brings up, uh, issue with the film overall. Uh, and then 
uh, this wait, uh, the stewardess comes out and goes, there's this guy who asked me if I uh, said I was grade A quality prime beef and wanted to go to the Mile High, High Club with yeah. me. And this, and everyone's like, oh. And there's one like sort of like woman in like her, like probably mid 50s is like, what's the Mile High Club? And Billy just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> As if he's going to engage her. That was so much better if you gave him a lot. Billy Idol was really charismatic in he this. Why is Billy Idol the best actor in this film? Because he's brilliant. Is he the best actor in this film? Yeah. Okay. Drew Barrymore might be up there, that, but like, the, that's the only I don't want to jump ahead to the end game, but yeah. <laughs> um, growing. So then we get this thing, and it's like, okay, we have a follow-in announcement, and Billy Idol's like, yeah, because it's his first class, and we let them do whatever they want. That's funny. <laughs> it's pro- actually, it's pretty close to acting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of you are just, it's a great Seinfeld episode where Jerry and Elaine are uh, flying somewhere together. She joined him for a gig or something. On the way back, uh, he treated her some of that. On the way, we're like, oh, there's, there's, there's an upgrade. I can give one of you the upgrade. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, okay, then I'll take it. And so we, we you do the whole flight, but one's from his perspective, and then you go back to her perspective. Yeah. And she's like cattle. And he's like, you know. Living life luxury. He's like eating these giant chocolate sundaes. He's meeting supermodels. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then he gets the song and he sings because Billy Idol's got his guitar on with that made sense. That makes, have, yeah, yeah, he would. Yeah, growing old with you. Wanna grow old with you? Uh, Glenn gets up to punch out because eventually Sandler comes out and plays it down in coach. And Glenn gets up to punch him, but then the steward comes by with the drink cart and says, no, nope, you can't do it. So he goes to the other side, and then Billy Idol's got the other one, asking me wants fish or chicken. I can understand Billy Idol being the other side, yep. right? But Adam Sandler's standing there playing song, lovely, yep. right? Um, Don't ask about object permanence. How do you get through there? Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah, ask. Yeah. <laughs> and also, when he's behind the curtain, yep. everybody in the plane is looking at her. Yep. What? Yep. <laughs> so stupid. How do they know? Um so then billy idol's like so then glenn threatens billy idol to which one this giant bald fan of billy idol gets up that's funny and he's like yeah yeah okay and then as glenn's backing down billy idol does the wanker pose (laughs) that's gotta be improv because there's no way the studio executives knew what he was doing no way because that's not really an american thing oh oh my god he is a wanker that is a grade a wanker that is what he is but he doesn't call him he does he does yeah, that's what i mean yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um everyone applauds because whatever and he goes uh and then adam said um, uh, robbie robbie goes i got a confession to make that song was about you no shit I, I really struggle with how intelligent is this character supposed to be in this movie yeah is that he, supposed to be a joke or is he genuinely saying it i, think I can't tell he goes between being fairly intelligent when he's hosting mm. and then he's like almost like billy madison levels of like stupid um, yeah 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 Oh, um, but her reactions to when she hears him, great. Oh, and like we said, she was the first time she ever heard it. Well, at least the first take was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they both confessed their love for each other. Billy tells him, "Man, it was a great song. I'm gonna tell some record company executives about you." Robbie's like, "That's cool, but can I kiss the girl first? <laughs> and then we do a seamless transition. It's an action match to the wedding of Robbie and uh, Julia. Julia. <laughs> And the best man from earlier is the new wedding singer. Yeah. Steve Buscemi's like, get me in the movie again. I think that's what confused me because he was back there yeah. and that it threw me off. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he, he turned the corner. There. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, 
maybe he thought, hang on a minute, you know, this is uh, there's a is, um, uh, a position now. I'll yeah, it. there we are. So that is the end of our movie. Movie. We're in the end game now. And we're in the end game now, Liam. We need a random word, buddy. A random word, indeed. Ooh. Guitar. Guitar. Yeah. Nice guitar. Um, let's do the money, money, money. Sixteen. Sorry, eighteen million dollar budget. What do you think it brings home? I've seen it. Okay. Oh, have you? Oh. It was fairly big, I think, in the day. Um, Ninety-eight. Pretty close. One hundred and twenty-three. Oh, I haven't seen it. I don't, must have only seen the domestic. Maybe. Um, hang on. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Maybe that's last week's. I don't think Serendipity made one hundred and twenty-three million dollars. I what I'd seen was eighty million. Let's take a look here. The that might be domestic. So. Is Georgia calling me out, or is Georgia just getting oh, in the I way? Thought here? you were googling that. No, eighteen million dollar budget. I've got that part right, so it would lead me to think that I've got the rest of it right. Uh, do 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 do. No, one hundred twenty three million. I'm right. Oh wow! So there we are. Uh, um, not too bad, though. Hey? Not too bad at all. The awards. It's going to shock you. Up for best picture. Really? No. <laughs> No, you, you, you did Drew Barrymore acting there. That was good. Can you imagine? I was like, oh, what? Titanic. Oh, clap, clap. Oh, yes. Of course, same, same year. Secrets and lies. Oh, clap, clap. <laughs> the, the wedding, wedding scene. scene. <laughs> it was just... Best supporting actor, Billy Idol. You see that t- Top Gun Maverick's up for Best Picture? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand that. And Elvis. Those are the two I've seen. Elvis was better. Oh, no. I loved Elvis. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, only by margin, though, because I really love Maverick. Uh, who would you cast as who? Can uh, I be the old lady? Sure. Can I be Billy Idol? Yeah, you'd be Billy Idol. <laughs> I, think, I think for Billy Idol, you kind of have to be Billy Idol for that joke to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Liam, Liam as Billy Idol. It kind of loses something. <laughs> um, I'll play, I don't want to play Santa, but I'll go Santa and be like, is that Billy Idol? And they'll go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh dear. Um, I'd be more um, uh, Stiller's wife. I thought she was all right in this. Yeah, I thought she was okay. Um, but did the film have a villain problem? Well, in the sense that he's the same one-dimensional villain every Sandler movie has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he seems too good to be true. Oh, that's because he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not even a little bit of a secret about how he's like. You know, just cheating on his girl. Okay, great. Um, what should this film have been called? This is shit. Don't watch it. Oh, um, is that your wife? I'll have her. Oh my <laughs> word! I'm trying to think of some 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 uh, some eighties. Day two. I'm trying to think of some some you some eighties. Drew reference. me to you. Oh. <laughs> Till there was you. I want to grow old with you. Don't besmirch the music man with this film. It's really the same story, isn't it? Uh, no. <laughs> um, who's it's plain? I love you. <laughs> oh, 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 plain, plain, plain. Don't know. Playing uh, guitars and uh, wedding venues. Heading heading to Las Vegas. Uh, um, whose story is it? His. Yeah. Well, it's the we wedding. start with him and the yeah, wedding singer, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the story? It's 
just so tropey, isn't it? It's like two All people is that are engaged to shit people and then fall in love, but don't realise they love each other until it's too late. And then there's barriers and there's oh, more he, barriers. He realises he loves her pretty ugh. early on, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just an underdog love underdog love story, isn't it? Yeah, guy falls in love with girl. Guy's the ultimate, but, but no one sees him for who he really is. And the rich, the, the, the girl who's a little bit more comfortable, you know, surely she's going to end up with the more affluent guy. Yeah, we we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and I remember I had a girlfriend once, and her mum. This girl I was seeing, her mom made a comment about the house we lived in. Kind of like, have you seen their house? Red flag. And she responded by going, you know, that's his family. It's not, at what point is he supposed to have any sort of say in that? Is he supposed to be contributing? Is this, is this, is this some other century we're living in here? <laughs> so, the only yeah. time that's ever come up with me, I've seen this girl in Jersey and I, I didn't realize how the other half lived because obviously I grew up in a council house. Yeah. And I started seeing this girl in Jersey and um, it was around 9-11 because I remember going into, and they had a helicopter in the oh, garden. Geez. And I just went, oh my yeah, that's God, I am out of my depth. Yeah. That's the only time it's ever happened. Um, Musical inspiration. I mean, I think this, this film had more than enough um, yeah. songs in the soundtrack. Love- what was your favorite song in the soundtrack? What was that said? Um, there's two. Okay. I like the, I'm so in love with you. Oh, I fucking hate okay. that. Out, outside of the ones they, they created themselves. Oh. What was the best uh, song on the soundtrack? Because this could be up for the bestie for best soundtrack. It's got a lot of good songs on it. The um, uh, um, uh, uh, Thompson Twins one. You making my dream. Yeah. That's Hall Notes. No. That one though, that's my favorite. Which one was that? The the homey. Oh, oh my heart, stay with me. That one, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, oh, I think I'm probably going to go with the Thompson Twins ones because it's the most poppy one. No, not Thompson Twins. The Hall and Oates. I'm holding it. It did make me move, bum, but you make it my dream. I think I prefer the Thompson Twins. No. I mean, there's not really a bad choice in it. I mean, the one about passing the Dutchie is a bit weird, but outside of that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. every little thing she does is mad. Like it's, it's, it's just a it's just a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roll of women, Georgia. It's a strange one, but rom coms are always strange. But this is a particularly shitty rom com, so it's difficult. She's all right, but like, it's just not great. Rom coms aren't stereotypically great for role of women though no and this did seem to fit into the two they're a good girl or they're a bad girl because even yeah. or they're kind of sexually they're either sexual unattainable and they're bad or or yeah because yeah. holly was you know easy and yeah. that was the thing is that you're either easy or you're or an you're angel not. and there's yeah. no one in between no, no exactly yeah. and there's a reason why he ends up with the angel and not with the like, 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 gro- like the girl who can't even yeah. drink and there's lots yeah. of groping and like just like references to sexualizing women that aren't necessary and it's just not great um favorite character georgia might be a challenge for you what do you got uh come back to me okay drew barrymore uh but can we have a, a cameo as well you just want to say billy idol is that billy what you idol! Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Billy Idol was very good in this. I will give him that. He I was he was absolutely so a surprise. Endearing, yeah. 
Um, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Honorable mention to Ben Stiller's wife. I thought she was really quite good. Yeah, Holly. Yeah, yeah, she was fun. She was. I don't have any. I don't have any complaints there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Drew Barrymore. I think uh, she. I mean, she's the ideal, and I see her as the ideal, and she's great, and she's vulnerable, and I want to see her protected and all those things. So yeah, yeah. Georgia. Um, probably Holly. Yeah. But her script writing is shit. No, she's not written well, but yeah. But so she's it's, probably my favorite, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I still don't understand what was going on with the whole, you guys should kiss. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. what is that about? It makes no sense. Oh, no, I'm not trying to set you guys up. I just really was interested in seeing you. It's weird. Which makes me, ugh, when she says, yummy. And I don't know. No, that's not yummy. it. Yummy. No, Billy Idol. Back to Billy Idol. All right. <laughs> wow. Uh, best moment or element? Uh, mine's yummy. i'm not gonna lie this this is gonna sound really really harsh but like i was watching it on prime and like it gives you a countdown of how long's left and usually you get to 20 minutes left in like the countdown you go right okay about 10 minutes of this is credits we've got about 10 minutes left that's great i can get through this last 10 minutes especially if you're not enjoying it it goes down to like four minutes this film (laughs) and i was going oh my God, what is going on? Why is this film still going? So genuinely, when the credits hit, I was like, yes, we did it. So your fi- your favorite element was the end <laughs> the of the end. movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my favorite bit is the end bit with Billy Idol. And when he sings, I want to grow old with you. That, I always like the song. Yeah, I'll go with the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think somehow Drew you Barrymore knew it. it, and Drew Barrymore was right. Yeah. They have uh, they have this great acting. Uh, chemistry is not the right word, but yeah, this uh, whatever, whatever on the screen together, whatever word she used, uh, they are. Yeah, it's easily the best chemistry I've ever seen him with any other actor. Or oh, actors. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. female actor for sure. A bit icky. Yeah. Also, I don't like. I made it quite clear. I yeah. do not like Adam Sandler. I don't like Adam Sandler movies. Oh, I think men, when fan. he's like being really like kind and whatever, I'm just going, but you're icky. Um, what do I have next? A grumble, Georgia. You want to start us off? A grumble. It is so badly written and paced and plotted, and the story is just so shockingly cliche and done so badly that the little things that do make it a little bit better like the chemistry like drew barrymore's acting like billy idol are just cancelled out because there's not enough of them for it to be good steve buscemi's great at the beginning but he's right at the beginning yeah um, he's just riffing <laughs> and he's just having a bit of fun isn't he? Yeah. yeah like same with billy idol like he's he's, he's obviously been given a bit of a bit of a direction but even like, the start i like adam sandler when he's like fixing after nice. the speech yeah, goes no, off really nice he's good nice yeah. robbie yeah yeah the, the middle one hour and 20 minutes is just not <laughs> i just i just don't enjoy it what you mean like the main plot of the, the film. story yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay my grumbles are the i love that you've pluralized that already well it kind of ties into <laughs> it kind of kind of ties in all of it really it's the whole fat shaming thing the using trends as uh, a joke um yeah and all, all those sort of the, the, the tropes of jokes that don't lie well today and the the hands on the bum, the, the kids, children's yeah. hands on the bums, yeah. Didn't like that. Just the overly sexualized stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't right. And, and I remember even watching it way back when I thought, oh, hang on a minute. 
Even back in the late nineties. I, yeah. So I hundred percent agree with everything you just said. Yeah. So as a result, then I'll, I'll pick something else out. Okay. Uh, because all your stuff's a hundred percent accurate and especially starting with the most egregious, which is the, the hands and the bums. Yeah. And then we can move back from there. Um, my thing is I need to see one of these movies that explains for me in a realistic fashion why this girl is with this guy. Yeah. And we're told it's just because you've been engaged for a long time. Great. But what was it? And we're not told at any point what it was. Like, even at least in like some of these other movies, like the villain is obviously like is pretending and we see it in really like it's really badly done, but we see that they're one way with with the girl and then one way when she's not around. Yeah, um, we don't have that here, and so it was just me going. Why is Glenn an obstacle? Why is he there? What part of it is keeping her involved in this? Because the movie's at its worst whenever he came into the picture. Actually, before that, everything seems to be relatively all right, mm-hmm. and it slows down when I'm like ah. Because if it's not the money, then, then then why was she? Because it's not the money. Because we're told she's with, been with him before he had his money. Right. So, what, but but why? Yeah. Would, but what was so it about? Why? Did yeah. he was turn he into good? An yeah. Was he good when before? He had money. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's what they're trying to insinuate. He could have said, not clear. He could have said, like, I used to be like you, but then you know I figured it out. Okay, so then we see he used to be a decent guy. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't think he ever was. To be fair, but. Uh, no, You're right. no, it doesn't but, yeah. make it doesn't make anything clear why she was with him or why she wanted to stay with him. Uh, anybody's best role ever? <laughs> Billy Idol? Uh, Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else he's in. Um, no, that's it. <laughs> uh, Georgia, I think you took over duties for this, so I'll go oh, ahead did, yeah. and push this button here. I never want to hurt my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? Age game, age game. Let's all play the age game. Now, you have a high barrier to beat this week. Because last week, Ethan famously, despite writing down the scores as he went along, <laughs> Couldn't remember. accidentally gave me the win when Liam clearly beat me. Yeah. <laughs> and we both called him out and went, nope, you're wrong. And he went, no, no, I have it written down. We're like, yeah, you still got it wrong somehow. Because I know I only got one and a half right. And you're saying I got two and a half. <laughs> I might have to write this down then because I wasn't aware I had to score this. No, no, you're fine because we can generally do it. It was just the fact that we went, oh, yeah, so, so, so Liam won. He went, oh, no, Ian, you won. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not the case. And then he tried to come out one of his classic Ethan get outs, which was, oh, I've somehow put the, the, uh, the I've spelled Ian with an L. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Because oh. you Ian. gave me the win. Surely Liam would have the, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Oh, dear. What do we have? We have got Adam Sandler. Ooh. Which one was he? Hang on, he was. That's twenty five years ago, yeah. Yeah, he was the one doing the singing at the weddings, right? Was that's he? Him. Okay. Who I'm going to guess? Thirty. How old was I at this point? I was. You're saying thirty? Hmm. I don't know. Twenty eight. He was thirty two. Liam wins. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Oh, hang on. How old was she in E.T.? Um, oh, good, 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 good shout, good shout. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm getting from. <laughs> 22. <laughs> wow, why am I so much less than this should be? I'm going to go 20. She was 23. Woo! <laughs> 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 I'm on fire. Can't argue with this. <laughs> uh, Christine Taylor, Holly Sullivan. 
Oh, uh, Mrs. Ben Stiller. Twenty-five. Oh. Twenty-six. Twenty-seven. Oh, I'll, I'll go first this time. I'll go first this time. <laughs> then uh, Ellen Albertini Dow. Is that old the, the old oh, good. I'm glad you put the old lady in here. All right. Ooh. Oh, I think she is seventy-four. Eighty-two. Eighty-five. Wow. Ooh. And she's still gonna. She's still got a few more movies in her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. She died at one hundred and one. Whoa. Good honor. Yeah. yeah. It's always Amazing. the little ones, isn't it? I read something today about age. They reckon realistically, males can live to be one hundred and fifteen point one or one hundred and fourteen point one years old, right. and women can live to be one hundred and seventeen point three years old. Wow. That, yeah, we will top out about around then. We're at, uh, the average, obviously, isn't up there yet, but no, no. but yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't oh, live any. You can't live any longer. I'll tell you what. Me. I was watching one of those end of year retrospective things. Yeah, and so it was. It was actually for for a wrestling thing. But one of the things that get mentioned in retrospective, uh, like like big events that happened that year, big news stories, and who died. Oh, so I walk away going, life is so. It was like, <laughs> He was 38. He was 46. I'm like, oh, my God, everybody's di- I mean, No one lives to a decent age. Well, they don't tell you about everybody who didn't die that yeah, year, do yeah, they? Yeah. So, yeah. They, just, go ahead. So sorry. They, in, the, in the same article that I read today, they were saying that if you reach 80 to 90, that's a very, very good innings. You've you done well. I think that's generally the way we view it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they were giving you the longest you could possibly live. And then they were saying. I mean, the average for men is still something like 76. Yes. Yeah. It's gone up in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And women's over 80, I think. Women's like 81 now. It used to be like 78. Yeah. So, yeah. I know the women's age has always been higher. Yeah. But. Yeah. I'd be happy if I got to 80. 80 is a, 80 is a good run. Yeah. Nana's yeah. 87 this year. Wow. Yeah. Where do you go, Nana? She's good at Yeah, love her. So, how old was this? Wait, Nana's how old this year? 87. So how old was the woman we just read? Was she 85? 83. Wow, we, we need to write a movie and get Nana a role in it. <laughs> we should, yeah, absolutely. We? Absolutely. Uh, anything 85, else? No, 85, sorry. I, we can do a couple more if you want them. I've got them, but... I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who I really would want to know. John Lovitz. I've not got John Lovitz. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> really? I've got Alan Covert, who's Sammy. Sammy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Liam's one. Give him the win. Yeah, uh, thanks. I still don't know if there's anybody else of, of merit. I'm just trying to think. I'm like, not Christina really. Christina Pickles. Uh, Mrs. Ra- uh, yeah. Mrs. Mrs. I've got Geller. Alexis Arquette. Well, Alexis Arquette might be an interesting one, actually. Go on, then. Who? 26. I'm going to go older. I'm going to go 29. 29 is right. Well done. Well done. Well, now we're tight. Oh, no, we're not quite tight. No, we're not. Okay. Liam, Liam still wins. on me, yeah. So that's all right. That's how numbers work. Two is different from three. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, let's talk then about the critics. The critics. Uh, Georgia, sorry, doing double duty very close together. What you got? That's yes, right. Uh, we've got Kevin Thomas from Los Angeles Times who says, a sparkling romantic comedy, the kind of picture that glides so gracefully and unpretentiously that it's only upon reflection that you realize how much skill, caring and good judgment had gone, had, had to have gone into its making. All right. Yep. Uh, then we have James uh, Berardinelli from Real Views. He says, Watching the wedding singer is like being force fed an overdose of 80s culture and memorabilia coated with syrup. Uh, so I think you can tell which one is the good and which one is the bad. <laughs> 
and then finally we have a good friend Roger Ebert Ebs. who when I initially read this last night felt incredibly validated about my feel- feelings about this film <laughs> So we get the wedding singer tells the story of yes, a wedding singer from New Jersey who is cloyingly sweet at some times and a cruel monster at others. The filmmakers are obviously unaware of his split personality. The screenplay reads like a collaboration between Jekyll and Hyde. Did anybody at any stage uh, give the story the slightest thought? The plot is so familiar that end credits should have just issued a blanket thank you to a century of Hollywood love love comms throughout a torturous series of contrived misunderstandings the boy and girl avoid happiness for most of the movie although not as successfully as we do it's your basic off-the-shelf formula with two people fall in love but are kept apart because a they're engaged to creeps b they say the wrong things at the wrong time and c they get bad information it's exhausting seeing the characters work so hard at avoiding the obvious he goes on and it is absolutely hilarious it's a very funny read um if you did not like this film what, what does he give it one <laughs> one star yeah uh his end paragraph i will just give you this because i usually give the end paragraph um i could bore you with more plot details about why he thinks he, she's happy and she thinks he's happy and then they're both wrong and she flies to vegas to marry the stinker and he but why bother and why even mention that the movie is set in the mid 80s and it makes a lot of mid 80s references that's supposed to be funny but sound exactly like lame dialogue and what about the curious cameos by faded stars and inexplicably, inexplicably cast character actors and why do they write the role of a boy George clone for Alexis Arquette and then do nothing with the character except let him hang there on screen. And why does the tourist section of the plane have fewer seats in first class? And, and, and... <laughs> and that's how it ends. There we are. <laughs> so he... He, he, he really didn't like it. He couldn't limit his grumbles either. No. Wow. <laughs> no, I think he liked that. Yeah. So uh, there we go. So uh, I put out a fleece, as I'm known to do, as Georgia looks up the... Um, the thing the the, the patreon ones the patreon ones thank you very much i got distracted by <laughs> something on twitter f- get, no i was trying to figure out how to get back to my screen <laughs> on my profile is it a great film good film or k film or poor film and what do you think it went to uh okay film. oh no okay i forgot okay it was an option over half the votes 55 percent. so oh, it's okay. massive usually where yeah, we go yeah, yeah. yeah good film oh uh, I think it probably speaks to the demographic who listens to it, uh, the pod probably. I think it speaks to people who saw this during those years where Adam Sandler's shtick would have been the right age at the right time. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. So there we are, 55%. Uh, good. Uh, the rest are spread out pretty equally. How many were brave enough to call this a bad film? Let me see. How many times, how many accounts did Georgia make? Not many. Uh, 8%. <laughs> 8%, 22%, 3% called it okay. 14% of y'all called it a great film. I think you got to take a look in the mirror on that one. Yeah. Because um, many, it, it is many things. It is that, not a great film. That it is not. <laughs> Spoiler for it's my not rating. It's even a good film. Uh, let's go ahead and go. Uh, what do we think about with the Friends of the Podcast, Georgia? Uh, so you just got two this week. We have got Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. He says, Adam Sandler is a polarizing actor. I like some of his films, but detest others. He generally <clears throat> plays a variation on the same character. He can be charismatic, warm, friendly, and generous, but can also be loud, rude, and annoying. Robbie is one of his good characters. He is really nice and knows how to work a room, but I do question his singing ability for a wedding singer. Drew Barrymore plays the naive cute girl we've become accustomed to her playing in various films. They do the 80s incredibly well, and the soundtrack is absolutely brilliant. I count this as one of Sandler's better films. It's funny and heartwarming which is one of the things that he does really well also julia gulia has always made me laugh if you say it everyone knows the reference <laughs> all right thank you very much Dwayne. yeah thank uh, you. and then we've got hermes who says i will just come out and say it i do not enjoy adam sandler movies all that much mostly i find that sandler roles are lazy and a waste of good talent there's always a scene that clearly displays this uh this and only further frustrates me for it in this one it's the kill me please song 
almost the entire rating can be attributed to those four minutes. The rest of the film is definitely did not age the best. It's been more than a while since someone suggested this one. And as a rom-com, a Sandler film, set in the 80s, I can find very little that I actually enjoy about this. All that said, the ride of an episode listening to you lot discuss it will be amazing. Cannot wait to listen. Oh, thank That's you. The scuttlebutt. That's the scuttlebutt. <laughs> That's the scuttlebutt. So there we are. Uh, um, now it's time for, uh, I believe that's our ratings now of memory. Oh, hang on. Fledgling fandom. Fledgling fandom. So what did the, uh, the rank and file over on Twitter, what do you guys have to say about this? Uh, David Wyatt Hupton says, controversial maybe, but I thought it was okay at best. David, I think you're not as controversial as you think. <laughs> no. Con- Carlo says, haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember having a lot of fun with it back in the day. Great chemistry between Sandler and Barrymore. Somebody kill me, please. It's a musical masterpiece. So Hermes and Carlo got some words to have later. (laughs) And finally, Mr. Mikey Wood, known to some as Sir Gives a Damn, known to us as Fred. Hey, Fred. Is back saying, it's my favorite Adam Sandler film, but that's not saying much. I haven't watched anything since like Little Nicky. No, not even Punch Drunk Love. Just isn't a draw for me, but Wedding Singer is cute. All right. Thank you very much for those of you who chipped in. Uh, now it's time for our ratings. Our ratings. I do say if you like this film or episode, you'll like. And then I completely blank, so I can't think of anything this is similar to. No. I guess kind of Empire Records. Empire Records, if you want to taste of sort of, kind of music vibe. as a kind yeah. of. Th- that was of its time at the time. This is pretending to be in the 80s. Yeah. Only 10 years difference. Yeah. Almost, wasn't it? 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Go watch The Notebook. It pretends it's in the North Times. We have the history of the world, The Notebook and The Wedding Singer. <laughs> would ever be <laughs> I genuinely don't know which one I dislike most. Go watch Serendipity. It's about two people who are engaged to the wrong people. <laughs> See? And they wanted it to be a 13 or a 14-year jump, didn't they? They did. There we are. So, there we are. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and give us our ratings. Who wants to jump on this grenade first? Should we start with Georgia and work our way up? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go for it. Yeah, no, I don't think I've made it. Uh, particularly a secret that I did not like this film at all. I was happy when it was over. Um, It's just not well written. There's a couple of good acting performances, but not many. The story's bad. The characters are bad. And then there's all these like cinematic things that are wrong with it. And then there's also these problematic things like the groping, the sexualization of children, the sexualization of women. And then these just other bits that you just go, this is just not, it's the icing on a shit cake like you know you can't polish a turd but then you try and put icing on it it's just not good um so i i turned off from this film not in a negative way though it is quite funny how bad it is so at least it's not gone to, it's not gone to train spotting levels of shit it's just gone to <laughs> it's just gone to though this is a shit film i can laugh at it um rather than laughing with it so i am going to give this film You've only used to use one hand to give the prediction. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, no, I am going to give this five um, crappy paid singers out of ten. It's always this part where I remember, oh, yeah, remember, remember? Oh, yeah, I got to come up with some sort of pithy thing. That I gotta do. <laughs> Bless you for going first all the time. I think I start that. Uh, Liam? Um, I remember watching this movie when it first came out. And I really laughed and found it funny. There were bits in it that I felt a bit were a bit at the time. Um, as I've said before on this podcast, we break it down. And when we break it down, I start to see 
other bits and other elements and i watch it with a more critical eye so i haven't seen this film since we started the podcast yep so i i look at things differently when i watch films now to hand how i used to and i used to really like this film uh for the soundtrack and for i <laughs> love billy idol and i used to like the I, I still do i love adam sandler singing the songs because he's not great I, i'm a big fan of bad singing <laughs> i like i like i like his i like his songs he made up because i genuinely believe he wrote them oh for sure he's credited as the modern oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. oh okay and i quite i quite like that and the chemistry between adam sandler and drew barrymore you can't deny it it is it is good chemistry but i echo everything that um georgia said oh, for some reason in my head i had julia gulia <laughs> <laughs> everything that I echo everything that Georgia said and so with that in mind uh my rating will be seven more scenes with Billy Idol please out of 10 <laughs> if I had the list up I'd bring up what was that movie I was so aff- oh up in the air yeah I think what are you up in the air like a six <laughs> uh, I I'm okay with this one if this is if it's such a sweet spot of being a, a comedy that's all right um halfway through I was actually much higher on this film than I finished being yeah uh, I think it struggles. It struggles in that what's that contrived reason they're going to fall apart. We have watched a lot of rom-coms lately, but this felt like like we oh actually up in the air was a great one where it's like what, what's this manufactured fight it wasn't even a rom-com but this were manufactured fight between george clooney and anna kendrick character yeah and i thought that was a stretch yeah. and this is one where it's just like if you guys just use like your real words for a moment like none of this is gonna happen can yeah. we just use can we just, our words can we just like say what we mean rather yeah. than 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 posturing because it, it wasn't faithful to her character for sure no um so but that being said they do have lovely chemistry together i can see why people made a big deal about it especially because it's a bit of a love letter to the 80s and it's, a, it's okay to love the 80s yeah um, the soundtrack is strong and if you like sam it comes down to this do you like adam sandler it's hard to say adam sandler shtick <laughs> if you like adam sandler shtick this is prime cut <laughs> grade A grade A 100% prime meat. cut meat. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say I wasn't trying to do this is why sometimes uh, you just get lucky and you yeah. stumble a little bit um, so but for me I'm not and so it needs to be more than just him doing the hits there we go there's another one I wasn't trying to do but it lines up yeah. with the theme of the movie so as a result uh, I'm kind of stuck in the middle with of you two so uh without any you two on the soundtrack thank god uh i'm going to give this six and a half minutes of non-stop do you really want to hurt me uh-huh. because adam's outside helping some kid puke up uh-huh. out of 10 yeah well do you know what right who was it was it hermes he said or was it he said that um there are some adam sandler movies that are okay and some Dwayne Dwayne, was it i hate adam sandler movies but there are two or three that i will watch wedding singer being one um happy gilmore and billy madsen anything else i happy gilmore i'm okay with the rest i I, I detest 
Happy Gilmore's the time that he did, he did it very early. He perfected the formula, and he should have left it alone. Left the it. problem was it makes all the money, so they just said, let's just keep doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for the same reason, why do we keep having Marvel movies or superhero movies? Because they keep making they money. Make money yeah. When you stop going to see them, they'll stop making them. Yeah. And the same with the Adam Sandler thing. But the problem was we got so bombarded that when finally society caught up, it was like, look at what we've created. Yeah. 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 So there is... And I also don't like that raging man-child thing. I just really hate oh, that. Oh, that grates on me when and, he does that. you know, it had to be, oh, that's funny. Like, it's the lowest form of comedy. Yeah. What, he's angry? That's the joke? The joke is that he's angry? Yeah. Jeez. I know. So, yeah. Uh, as far as Adam Sandler movies go, it's in my, it, 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 is, it is on the higher side for me. Yeah. So I'll give it that. I will. Uh, it's nowhere near his best performance because he's done. I really like him in Airheads when he's not the lead oh, actor. Oh, Airheads, yeah. yeah. So you know Forgot what I mean, about that. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, there's some good stuff where he's not necessarily yeah. the singular lead. He's not a lead, though. Or a few he? times where he does sort of break the mold and go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see those, but don't go see Click. Um, <laughs> so, Georgia, we, uh, what was our Patreon vote? Who's the voice of the people? Uh, it came out with five and a half, so I'd say me. No, oh, five and a half. Well done. Oh. There you go. Yeah. So that is that. And that just leaves what we're going to be doing next week. And next week, we're going to be joined by Juline, who's bringing us one of our BFF of the BFE episodes. And she's going to be bringing us everything, everywhere, all at once. Nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Available on Disney Plus, a Best Picture nominee. We're back to going highbrow this week. So rom-com season is over. Russell, you can uh, you can rest now. I told you we'd be taking a turn. Everything, everywhere, all at once next week. So please join us next week when we go everything, everywhere. I don't even know if that makes sense, but we're doing it all at once. For best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. And I've been Georgia. And apologies, I think we're all a little bit tired this week. And if it sounds like it, we probably are. We're losing our minds, and you folks are the ones reaping all the benefits. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. <laughs>